So you're telling me that Fat Joe was mm-hmm. in Big Pun's entourage, and he's the one that got pegged with the nickname as Fat. Yeah. He was yeah. like half the weight of Big Pun. Yeah, I would I would assume Big Pun gave him that name to try to <laughs> divert some of the heat. Check out that guy. He's pretty fat, right? Look at that fat dude over there. And everybody was like, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> See, what I'm thinking is it was actually the exact opposite of that, where the rest of the crew got together and they were like, yo, we're really starting to get worried about Big Pun's weight because he's yeah. like 600 something pounds. Let's make him feel better. Well, for no, Christmas. <laughs> I think no. Let's point it out that like, yo, you know that guy in our entourage is half your size. Fat. He's fucking fat. So that makes Pun's you like, what? Big Pun's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that guy <Pretty> is fat. <laughs> <laughs> We're worried about you. <laughs> what? Why? Why is it because I was sitting on a four-wheeler in that one music video and it looked like it was about to bust? Oh, no. Did he really? (laughs) It looked pretty rough. Welcome, hip-hop fans, to (laughs) the greatest horror movie review podcast in all the land. Why it's dead and lovely here with the host with the most. It's me, Uncle Ben. Me, Hollywood Steve. And we're here to bring you guys a very special Christmas horror episode of the Hello. show we're going to be talking about all things christmas all things krampus mm-hmm. and more this week how you been doing this week steve i've been great man yeah i've uh, been a busy week huh it has been busy and fun and getting a lot done tcb baby tcb baby <laughs> i heard that dude it has been freaking hectic i yeah. mean apparently it's halfway through the christmas season already yeah i hadn't even noticed that uh it's fucking insane yeah i haven't done anything christmasy not wrapped a present until i got to your house today hadn't heard christmas music yeah yeah right. so i i need to get out on it because i i first off need to watch dial code santa on shutter i don't know that one what's that um it was a movie that came out in like 87 or something okay and Basically, Home Alone is a ripoff of it. Oh, shit. For yeah. real? Yeah. It's just like a really unknown sort of movie. It's a foreign movie. But it, it Home Alone basically rips it off. But Dial Code Santa is a horror movie. Well, shit. That sounds cool. gives more credence to the idea that Home Alone is a horror movie. Right. And it's the Jigsaw prequel. There you go. Yeah. Listen to our, our Home Alone yeah. episode from last year <laughs> to hear our thoughts on that one. Yeah. So I've been wanting to watch that. I tried to watch Anna and the Apocalypse the other day. How's that? I couldn't get into it. It's yeah. like High School Musical with zombies and okay. it's at Christmas. I mean, that sounds pretty fucking sounds appealing. Fun, yeah. But then it was just like. But like the concepts is fun, but then the execution is still high school musical. So it's like, well, oh, I hate this. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. how I feel about Dippin' Dots. <laughs> yeah. the, concept, the ice cream of the future? The concept's fine. I'm all yeah. for the future. Bring in the innovation. Uh-huh. Yeah. But are you telling me it's better than ice cream? Go fuck yourself. It truly is not better than Absolutely ice cream. Absolutely not better it's than ice cream. It's very icy. It's too cold. We get, yeah. It's it too is. cold. Soft serves the way to go, but... It doesn't. It doesn't have the creaminess of the the regular old hand scooped. So what you need is to get your hand scooped ice cream warmed up to the right exact temperature where it's like just starting to melt. Yeah. Okay. And then you get all right. That, you get that soft serve consistency with all the nice creaminess Smooth. of real ice cream. Yeah. I, see, I think that the whole like branding of soft serve was yeah. just there to like put a smear campaign against traditional ice cream values. <laughs> 
I think the original you guys idea. Know how hard ice cream is. <laughs> oh, it's just so hard. Am I right? Crunch, crunch. He, he says as he like soft serves out a twirly cone. <laughs> I'm so tired of all that hard cream. Yeah. You know that old hard serve. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Old old school traditional ice cream. Have you ever hard had serve? Country ass home style ice cream. Sometimes it's fantastic. Yeah. Usually it sucks. Usually it sucks. My grandfather makes it really well. Yeah. He's got like one of those old hand cranks. Yep. Like, yep. Yeah. All the, the My grandfather does a good job with it. But yeah, sometimes it, it turns out into just like pure ice crystals just with cream. Yep. Yeah. The problem is with yeah. people's homemade ice cream they be trying to make, they skip what they call the ripening period. Okay. They churn it up. They get it all stirred up and serve it immediately. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. ki- it's kind of like a steak wait. or something where you uh-huh. got to you got to rest that motherfucker. Got to rest it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because I've once been you... learning the virtues of resting recently because yeah? it really like I mean I always rest my chicken for like ten minutes before cutting into it, but you give it a little more time and that flavor evens out. Let that yeah. thing relax yeah. a little bit. It's mm-hmm. had a hard day. Yeah. Let it rest. Yeah. Same with the ice cream. Same with the ice cream. Okay. That's the way you do it right okay. there. Okay. Okay. So the, anyway, Anna, whatever, not so much. Anna in the apocalypse. Yeah, I only made it about ten minutes in. Maybe. I mean, maybe if I was in the right mood. I don't know though, because like I've seen High School Musical, the first one. It's terrible. It's a terrible <laughs> movie. Drivel. And it was so popular among the Mormons that it. People would be playing it all the time at parties and stuff. Oh you know God. how a Mormon party gets, of wild, course. Wild, wild, ripping. Somebody maybe drinks half a Red Bull. Uh-oh. Woo. Somebody slips in an R-rated movie. Damn, what's this? Da- somebody says, damn. Somebody said, damn. <laughs> somebody goes all out and says, shiz. No way. Yeah. Look out. Oh, crumbs. Crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard that. Heard frickin' shiz. Oh, I hate hearing frick. Dude. Frick is That's terrible. That's just fucking pisses yeah. me off, man. Yeah. Just say the word. Seriously, limiting your vocabulary is dumb. If you've chosen to pick certain words that you just think are dirty for no reason, yeah. Like rethink it. Just think for a second. Like, why is that dirty? And why is it bad to say? The problem for me is too is that. You know, for a lot of people, the problem with vulgarity is the intent of the word that you're saying. Yeah. But if you're saying frick, it means you really wanted just to say fuck. Yeah. So the intent is still the same. Also, I know a ton of Christians with the, like, I don't cuss thing. Yeah. That still say the N-word. Yeah, that's true. And don't see why you shouldn't say it. Yeah, Mark what? Mark Twain, get out of here. But if you say fuck around them, they're like, oh, oh, please, don't say that around me. And it's like, all right, Such snowflake. Such language. You're cool, you're cool <laughs> with saying the N-word, denigrating an entire population of people. But if I say fuck in your presence, you ask me not to. Cross the and line. And expect me not to. Because if I ask you not to say the N-word, you're just going to argue with Why me. you got to be so sensitive, libtard? Exactly. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> That's crazy, yeah. man. Yeah, you're not wrong. Dude, we've been getting in the Christmas spirit a little Good. bit around here. What you been doing? We've been trying to watch ourselves a couple of Crimbus movies. What you been watching? All right. So the first one that we kicked off the season with was The Night Before, which is the one with like Seth Rogen. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that one. Dude, you haven't? Is it good? Yeah, you should fucking okay. watch it. It's great, man. That's a really, really, really fun watch. Yeah. Uh, I, need, it's, I need some... New Christmas ones. So let me write that down. Night it's before. one of those ones that, like, the first time that I watched it, I think it was a bit, 
maybe it got a little bit more sad at the end than I thought that it would. Mm, okay. You know, sometimes, so sometimes a comedy, Christmas movie gets a little it, sad. You know, it's got some sin- sincerity and seriousness. It does. Okay. It does. And I think I wasn't anticipating that the first time I watched it. So I was like, yeah, I liked it, but it got kind of. Yeah. Kind of dark towards the end. Right. But I think every subsequent time that I watched it, knowing that's how the movie goes, I've liked it more and more. Okay. It's a rip-roaring, fun watch. I need to watch it then. And we've been so busy here around the house, always working on stuff, that there's been a couple of days here where we've been like, you know, we're both working on stuff, we're both working on doing, you know, shopping online or editing stuff or whatever, but we want to have a Christmas movie on. So it's like, should we watch something that we've either seen a million times before right. that we can just have on his background. Love actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or do we want to just put on something that's just pure drivel that we don't really have to pay attention to? Mm, okay. So we've been going with option B here. Yeah, lately. that's a good choice. <laughs> the that's first a good one choice. that we watched, I think it was on Hulu, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. I can't strongly recommend this movie enough. Okay. It's a Cinderella Christmas. Oh, no. <laughs> Dude, this fucking movie. It's like a straight-to-TV Hallmark uh-huh, kind of movie, you know? Yeah. You would not even believe Dude, I've, this fucking movie. I've seen a lot of Hallmark movies in my time. I think I might believe it. I would be enraged at it, but oh I, my God. I might believe it. This is one of those ones where you just you watch it, and your first thing is like, definitely a guy wrote this because women don't act this way. Like, the main character is this, like, drop-dead, gorgeous right. chick with, like, no self-esteem, <laughs> you know, and is, like, awkward and stuff like this. You're like, a man wrote this. But then, like, later on, you get to, like, the relationship stuff and, like, meeting the men, and you're like, oh, no, a man did not write this. I think... Okay, so... I think an algorithm wrote this movie is what I'm saying. All right, a so bot wrote this. Have you, you heard of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl? This is a You've trope. you mentioned this to me. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a trope, like, uh, basically every character Zoe Deschanel plays, mm-hmm. uh, Mary Elizabeth yeah. Winstead and Scott uh, Pilgrim vs. the World. Basically just this sort of ethereal woman who drops in and out of your life and completely revolutionizes everything about you. Stevie but, Nicks. Yeah, like Stevie Nicks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna propose the opposite of the manic pixie dream girl, which is the Hallmark secret princess. Ooh, yeah, that's a thing. These are all written by men. These are what men desire. They either want the manic pixie dream girl, the girl who comes in and changes your life with her crazy um, hair color or dharma, uh, walking around with a, yeah dharma, dharma, yeah. Uh, but or the hallmark secret princess which is the woman who's absolutely gorgeous and everybody knows it but she somehow is like i guess i'm not pretty (laughs) that's this movie dude yeah like there are men out there that really are thinking like dream girl well she'd be gorgeous but not know it why yeah. is that? What? That's Why desirable. Is that a positive thing. <laughs> I, w- I want her to be gorgeous. No, she's gorgeous and be confident about it. <laughs> I want her to look great, but I want the world to have beat the shit out of her. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Well, fuck you. <laughs> but, dude, that's seriously like somebody that thinks that way definitely wrote this movie. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if it was a guy or a girl. I want to say it was like an ambiguous name, like Casey, where it's like, eh, it could, mm-hmm. be, could be either one. Yeah. It's like a really shitty, like, they just tried to, to make it Cinderella as much as possible, mm-hmm. uh, and then realized they had written a fucking horrible movie, and they are like, well, if we set it at Christmas, some people watch it sometime during the year. Yep. 
so they made turn it on that Hallmark channel and just leave it on around Christmas. Oh my god, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's all these like Cinderella tropes. There's this crazy thing where like the 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 chick is like an event planner okay. and this like this guy looks like the cover of like a romance novel. They always have jobs that are like both super stressful and ambiguous enough that the person watching has no idea what that person actually no. does. No, huh? So no. just sewing her running around back and forth is like, oh, must be a stressful <laughs> job. Yeah. And uh, this guy who, like I said, just is fucking gorgeous and has like this giant inheritance. Of course he does. Of course he does. <laughs> yeah. Because money. Right. And uh, they're, they're planning this, like, ball that he's going to throw, which, get this, it's a Chris Masquerade ball. Jesus. It's a Chris Masquerade ball. No, it's not. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> thought that was genius. And oh, I know. And an entire fucking movie around yeah, the idea they of, of Chris, Chris Masquerade. Masquerade. They thought of that and first. worked backwards, yeah. I'm just saying, Trademark Dead and Lovely, if it hasn't been done yet, I don't know why there hasn't been a Chris Massacre movie. Chris Massacre? That is Surely good. that exists. That is good. That's good, right? That is actually the good. The Chris Massacre. I'll have to look that up. I, I, that does not sound familiar, but I bet there is. But it's some, a 10. Like, it's a winner. Yeah. It's a good. <laughs> like that series, like, see, Chris Massacre is an idea you write down and then work your way back and you're fine. Because it's the general idea of the entire movie is it set at Christmas and there's a massacre. Right. It's all right The general there. idea of this movie is not it's set at a masquerade ball during Christmas. That's just an event that happens. Yeah. yeah. But somebody wrote that down and they were like, that's good enough. That'll do it. <laughs> and then they went into Hallmark and they were like, Hallmark's like, okay, what do you got? I don't know. Uh, Maybe, uh, what do you got? Hmm. Chris Masquerade? Sold. What will I do for you? Sold. You're welcome. <laughs> I think that there's like a big motivational poster in like the Hallmark Films boardroom that just says, it's good enough. Good enough. Good enough. Yeah. It's a it like it's a sign above the door that they hit as they walk out. It just <laughs> yeah. says, good enough. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and so she uh, she like disguises herself and goes to the Chris Masquerade of herself. And there's this ridiculous thing where like they, they draw stockings, like everybody's brought a stocking and he's left with her stocking that has all of her right. stuff. But they've already fallen in love at this point. Yeah, so what? And then she has to leave, which leaves him with the stocking and him trying to figure out who She had some was. like event planning to do. Yeah. She had to go. Oh, yeah. Those events ain't not going to yeah. plan themselves. Nope. But, dude, the guy's <laughs> lines in this, I swear to God, man. Like, I'm pretty sure that they just took, like, Donald Trump twotes or quotes. Uh, quotes. Yeah. Quotes or tweets. Yeah. And just like very slightly change them like a little bit. Like after they've had like the masquerade meeting and fallen in love uh -huh. and stuff, right? But she's trying to keep her identity secret for no reason, I guess. Right. <laughs> There's this one part where she like goes to him because he's planning his second event in which he is hosting a second Christmas Eve ball in which if this mystery woman shows up, her prize is she gets to marry him. Seriously, that's in the movie. Huh. And uh, she's dropping all these vague hints like, well, what if the mystery woman was right in front of you? Blah, 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 blah. But he's all like just completely like, I don't remember meeting you. And she's like, oh, we, but we met before at the thing. And he's like, I've met more amazing women in my life than you would even believe. It's not uncommon for me to forget them. <laughs> it's like, what Jesus. in the fuck? It's unreal, Christ. dude. Unreal. It's what? a ten. It's a fucking fantastic that movie. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Make your Christmas sounds better. Once that. Wonderful. Up. Yeah. I'll I'll definitely rush home and find <laughs> that. What the fuck? You wouldn't believe it. I mean, there's there's so many lines in this movie. I wish that I could even 
I wish I would have been writing them down because they were unbelievable, dude. <laughs> and of course, she still falls in love with them and stuff. I bet the writer wished he had been writing them down too. He's like, man, that was good. That was a good pickup line. Up with that? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I bet on set at those Hallmark movies, there's a lot of like, all right, what could she say here? <laughs> <laughs> you say a line, pick one. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other one that we watched the other night was the night before K N I G H T. Oh, fucking. <laughs> And this movie, it was very seriously, it was just Kate and Leopold, only it was at Christmas. Oh. You know, but, with Meg Ryan and end, Hugh Jackman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the end, did it turn out that, like, it was incest, like in Kate and Leopold? Oh, was that a thing? Yeah, I think they cut the scene. What? But, like, basically she found out that she was related <laughs> to Why? Him Why? In, I don't remember. <laughs> Look it up. I'm pretty positive of this, that Kate and Leopold at one point had an element where they were related. Awesome. And I, I think either they cut it before it went to theaters, but I feel I feel like the story was they cut it for DVD. Okay. Because people noticed it in the theaters and were like, wait a second. <laughs> I'm not positive on this, though. Check it out. Kate and Leopold. Dude, this movie, though, the night before or whatever it was called. It had, like, this guy who was totally just, like, Kmart brand Heath Ledger oh, from, like, Knight's Tale. Oh, no. He was the guy that got transported into these times so he could hook up with, uh, what's her name? Former Disney girl, like, Vanessa Hudgens. Vanessa Hudgens? Gorgeous. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very likable person. Uh-huh. But, you know, he's got to bring back his true love or whatever. Right. And this guy shows up, and he's very instantly very okay with the modern world, mm-hmm. which makes no sense. And he doesn't try to, like, rape or enslave anybody, which also yeah. makes no sense. But the best part of the movie is there's this one guy in the flick. I think it was like maybe her dad or something. Clearly did not speak a word of English and mm-hmm. was saying all of his words phonetically. Right. And I'm like, why is this guy in the movie? He clearly doesn't even know what he's doing, nor is he an actor. Like he was right. totally somebody's cousin's fucking best friend's dad yeah. that owed him a favor. So they put him in the movie. He seriously talked very, very, very much like fucking Tommy Wiseau <laughs> in the middle of this other normal like... <laughs> Hallmark movie. There's a scene in there where, like, I guess Vanessa's character is like Brooke, and he's like, Hey, Brooke, Merry Christmas. <laughs> like, just complete phonetic. Like, you don't know what those words mean, yeah. dude. Yeah, he's just saying the syllables. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, what I'm saying is, great movie. Strongly yeah. recommend. You know, okay. I would like, <laughs> I'd like a response to this, maybe. If there, if we have any listeners out there who watch these movies where a man comes from the past or a woman goes back into the past and they fall in love. Yeah. Anybody who's into those stories, please answer me this. Especially if you're a woman. What do you think will happen if someone comes from the 16th century and is in a relationship with you? <laughs> Do you think you'll be leaving the home? Do you think you'll have a job? Be allowed to talk to other men? Be allowed to do... Wear pants? Yeah. (laughs) What is the What is the fascination there? Yeah, where is it? And they'll stink. They'll be... That too. Very different standards. It's ridiculous. (laughs) They'll have bad teeth. They'll stink. Their breath will be... Awful. Like they will. <laughs> They'll be dead re- before the thirty-three. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, sixteenth century. They'll probably live to be in their fifties or sixties. But still, like, <laughs> I'm just saying, it's like it's not a setup for romance. It's not. And in fact, like a ton of these, like the idea. Okay, the idea of courtly love 
and the, you know, knight and his chivalric code and stuff. Most of that has nothing to do with interactions with women. And I'll tell you this. I can tell you for a fact. Yeah. Courtly loves what killed Kurt Cobain. <laughs> so, yep. That was the one. <laughs> she did it. Oh, Courtly love. Courtly love. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, like, there's nothing romantic about it. No, no, Just no. Just no. read, read any of, like, read uh, uh, Sir Gawain, that, that tale where he uh, basically assaults an old lady or something i don't remember anyway he, he assaults somebody i don't remember and then like an old lady like forces him to marry her and then she turns into a beautiful princess and i guess the <laughs> moral I, sometimes rape works out yeah like what? It's, it's ridiculous <laughs> that's but awful. like somebody's reading that and going like yeah that's my kind of man <laughs> what the fuck what's the matter with you people yeah i know we've all seen heath ledger as a knight but there was nothing, not even close to how it would be in real life. No, 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 no. no. You been watching anything to get in the spirit? Any Christmas movies or anything good on the streams this week? Um, we did watch some stuff on Friday night. Yeah, what you I, watch? I've only really watched The Office. I haven't, I haven't really sat down to watch anything. I tried to watch Anne and the Apocalypse, didn't really take. But on Friday night, we we decided to go for more good, bad. Look out, like. It's it's not a great movie, but it's it's fun to watch. So we started with Slumber Party Massacre, which I think is a pretty good. Okay, awesome. Like, you know, it's fine. It's fun. It's got it's got elements to it that are definitely like cool, but it's also you know just a slasher. Yeah, just another yeah. crap slasher movie, but a fun right. watch. Okay, that's good. Uh, and then we watched Ghost House. Ghost House. I don't know uh -huh. this one. I. You've seen it and you don't know it. <laughs> yeah. He had like three different uh, killers, but they weren't working together. There was no like plan. And one of the killers was a house, of course. But, like, <laughs> a killer house. Okay. Inside the house, there were other killers. And then there was also a guy who was just killing like recreationally, I think. <laughs> I have no idea what was going this on. This place sounds movie. dangerous, dude. It was um it was directed by an Italian director. Okay. You could tell because of all the spaghetti giallo. in the movie. Yeah, there was a ton of spaghetti. Everybody kept going, Mwah, mama, <laughs> Was there a scene where like an elevator opened and just a, a, a wave of spaghetti came yeah. out? And everybody's eyes got wide with excitement they instead ate of it. terror. And they yeah, ate the spaghetti. They ate, they ate the spaghetti. Manja, manja. manja. <laughs> Elevator spaghetti. <laughs> so it was, yeah. So it had that like weird giallo feel to it. I like that, at, but like not, not weird in the way that like the weirdness adds to the feel of the movie. Just more of the way the weirdness is like, oh well, that was not like the the main female protagonist. She of course speaks syllables. She doesn't speak English. Okay. So yeah. it's all just stringing together syllables. And like a lot of the things seemed really like dubbed over, but like also not dubbed over. So it was like <laughs> they actually got it in the take, but then I guess the sound wasn't good, which is what happened with a lot of Giallo films. Totally. That's why they're dubbed over. Sound was bad. And in fact, they usually just planned to dub it over. Yeah. They didn't even do yeah. audio. Yeah. So, but in this case, I think they had the sound, but they just did it to make it more like a Giallo film. <laughs> That's because really every time they speak, as backwards and weird. Yeah, it's like <laughs> really strange. Anyway, it was, I mean, it was it was interesting, and the effects were cool. 
Okay. So it, it definitely hit the level of, of good bad where like the effects were really good and there was some creepy shit. Also, I'm pretty sure the Poltergeist remake ripped off the clown design from Ghost House. Oh, really? You know, because the remake clown doesn't look like the clown no, from the, the first one. But it looks so much like the clown in Ghost House. Hmm. Which I assume is, you know, whoever was involved in that who had never seen all of Poltergeist and just saw the clown scene and thought, I guess that's what the movie is about. It's a clown movie, right? Am I right? Clown Uh, movie? They obviously saw that movie and were like, well, nobody will know that I ripped this design off. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Wow, man. Anyway. Well, I'll get a pull to that here. We got ourselves some delicious co-beers in front of us, and I just got to get into these things. This is one that was donated by our good friend Robert. This is a Pretoria Fields Collective, which uh, comes from, I think he said, his his hometown in South Georgia. South Georgia. This is a farmhouse berry Goza-style wheat ale. Subtly sour German-style ale fermented with our own farm-grown berries. Awesome. 4.5. In our quest to create... Yeah. Quest to create the highest quality craft beer. We are proud to grow barley, wheat, hops, and various fruit organically on our farmlands. Wow. So they grow like everything in this beer. That's really cool. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Experience a little bit of South, South Georgia. That's how it's pronounced, right? South. South Georgia. I was reading it expecting Southern Georgia, and I don't know right. why. Yeah. Southern Georgia. Southern Georgia. In every can. That's pretty cool. He described this to me as being a very tart strawberry awesome. kind of scenario. I look forward to getting into this and seeing what it's about. I just saw Robert a few days ago. Yeah. He's a good, he's a good old boy. He's, a, he's just a good, good old boy. boy. Boy, I'll tell you what. One thing that we've been doing the past couple weeks that has been really fun and really working well for me, we've been doing ourselves a little little friends game night, getting together with oh, our yeah. friends Lindsay and Thomas, uh-huh. playing ourselves a game called Kingdom Death Monster. Kingdom Death Monster. Which is a tabletop RPG. Okay. That apparently is like kind of all the rage, I guess, in the gaming circles now. Thomas said oh, he yeah. was like gaming, like tabletop gaming is huge now. Apparently, I'm not up on it at all. Well, this is the first time I've ever really played one. Yeah, like I've played some like card based RPG yeah. stuff before, but not like a full like tabletop where you're keeping mm. track of your stats and shit yeah. like that. Dude, it's been fucking cool. Awesome. I mean, the learning curve for these games is steep. Yeah, you know? of course. Yeah, and the, they're usually like deep rule sets and stuff. And yeah, like, yeah. But this has been pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Tom, Thomas said it's like really hard to get a hold of. They only like release mm-hmm. them like 400 at a time and they just get snatched up like instantly. Yeah. But he just happened to come across one that was available. Yeah. So it's been pretty cool. It's pretty metal. Uh, I'm definitely enjoying it. I've always wanted to like play an RPG like that, you know, yeah. but like as a kid, I wasn't allowed to play D&D and shit like that. I know so a guy who lets cool. you play some D&D. Who's going to get my D&D game? Rhymes. Up? My old opponent. Ah, from, yes. From back in the, Your mortal foe. Back in the first year of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Grimes, uh, he runs a, a D&D game on Discord. Oh, you don't say. Mm-hmm. You can play it, like, over the internet, like? Mm-hmm. What about that? Yeah. Huh. You can get. You can use programs that simulate the dice roll. Some people hate that. They like the actual tactile feel of yeah. the die. In but then you can cheat, you know? Yeah, you can yeah. But then you're... It's hard with a 20-sided no die to cheat, though. It's hard yeah. to, like, stack them or, you know... Because, like, with the six-sided die, it's pretty it's pretty simple to... Oh, I haven't tried this yet. Oh, dude. Oh, you're going to like really that. Good. It tastes even better. That is like a sip of sunshine. That tastes like a I'm fresh on picked strawberry. Yeah. I got a pocket, got a pocket full of sunshine. Don't it feel good? That's so delicious. That is. 
That's really, great. It's not overly like I was gonna sour. Say, it's yeah, it's real light in all aspects. Like the flavor is good, but it's light. It it's not a heavy feeling. Not liquid. too sweet. Yeah, not too sweet. Not too sour. It's just. You could enjoy one of those after mowing that yard for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. That's a yard mower right there. Mm-hmm. That's nice. It when almost you say, has like a sparkling wine quality. Yeah, to it. yeah. I agree. Strawberry mm-hmm. wine. 17. It's like drinking that song. Oh, yeah? Is yeah. It? <laughs> it's like drinking that song. If you could drink that song, it'd be about like this. I'd drink that song if I could. I like that song. <laughs> <laughs> drink that song. This is delicious. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Robert. That is a fantastic addition to our catalog yeah. of tasty beers that we have experienced here on Dead and Lovely. No, Steve, before we get into the preview palace, Dr. I'm going to tell our listeners what I want for Christmas. I want some reviews popping up on that iTunes and so forth. Let's do it. I want to get some reviews. If you guys want to get us what we really want for Christmas, go on iTunes and write a five-star review. Just glow and glower and say, oh, these boys, oh, these boys, I love these boys and hearing them talk. Thanks, boys. Hell yeah. I like that. Write That's that. a good present. Post it up. That would help us out a lot. I saw a couple that got posted, um, I think it was like last week, some very nice Aww. nice things that people said. They didn't call us liberal cucks. Um, these didn't. Okay. Yeah. Some of them do. Some of them do. Yeah. But you know, Steve, that's not all that I want for Christmas this year. No. And I'll tell you what, man, the things that you ask for for Christmas and the things that you get excited about and the things you want when you're an adult mm-hmm. versus when you're a kinder kid, a child child... Boy, they sure are a different, aren't they? Yeah. They're, they're ever-changing. With every year that goes by, I'm like, well, you know, that's just not something I ever would have thought I would have wanted as a kid. So right. as we uh, as we get on in here into the preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace. That was like a little, little Christmas elf or something. It's me. Welcome oh. to the preview palace. Okay. All right. The, the cuteness is wearing off oh. pretty fast. Oh, bum. You're good in small doses. Damn. Good in small doses. I'll miss you. <laughs> You know, before we get on to the review, I just want to spend a little bit of time talking about the kind of bullshit that a bunch of mid-30s white dudes really want for Christmas this year. Yeah. I mean, they're the most basic things, I think. Like, when you think about it as a kid, you're like, I want these outlandish, crazy, awesome things. Yeah, you don't have money and you can't afford them. As an adult, you're like, I want these things because I don't have money and I can't afford them. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. there's even some things that I think about where I'm like, I have money and can't afford this thing, but I would so much rather be buying like a new guitar or something. Yeah, somebody fun. else please give me the other things. Yeah, the yeah. utilitarian things that yeah. I don't want to spend my money on because that's yep. a boring, boring purchase. Yes. Such as. Number I w- one for me, and this is, I, I mean, it's. I have said as a kid, I loved getting these, but I still love it. Socks and underwear. All about some socks and drawers. All I remember you talking about I that. I love yeah. brand new socks. I, I Okay, not true. Sometimes people have bought me socks and I'm like, you don't know shit about socks. <laughs> Am I a joke to you? I put those socks on and I'm like, oh, <laughs> they're not supposed to hug my foot. <laughs> Gotcha. They just loosely hang off Oh, there. very nice. Yeah, very no nice. way this will end up in a blister. <laughs> I wouldn't even put my dick in this sock. <laughs> or somebody gets you underwear. I, you know what? Socks and underwear, I only want my wife to buy for me. Yeah. <laughs> now that I see it. Somebody else buying you some drawers can get pretty weird pretty yeah, fast. Yeah, because it's like, I mean, one, I'm not wearing tidy whities but I also don't like boxers. 
You know what, though? You are starting to turn this around. I'm just trying trying to think, like, really, imagine if you have a big friends get-together and you have bought everybody socks and underwear. I mean, that would, that would make some memories. If they're quality. And if it's what they want, that would make some memories. I yeah. think even if they were terrible, it's just funny. Yeah, if it's just, like, Tweety Bird boxers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like some that are, like, five to a pack. It's like you get yeah. Tweety and Taz. Yeah. And there's a Yosemite pair in there, too. Yeah. yeah. Came for free. You're welcome. <laughs> I guess I do have very specific, like I wear this, I've worn the same socks. I've gotten multiple packs of them over the years. Wear the same socks all the time. They're Pumas and they hug your foot like they're best friends. Oh, wow. And they, whenever you put the first pair on, like the the first time you do it, it it's so it revolutionized my life. I immediately was like, "This is what a sock is supposed to be." Wow! And I've been wearing them for years now. I actually have some from two thousand and five. Jesus, dude, that's an old that sock. Are still sticking around? Yeah. Wow! And you listeners can enter promo code code Dead and Lovely <laughs> to get fifteen percent off your first pair of Puma All socks. All you need is a, a Costco membership. <laughs> <laughs> non-sponsored okay non-spawn yeah. all right all i right. would take some costco money though hey costco if you're looking for a podcast to advertise on yeah maybe well, it's us just give us a free membership for a year that's a good deal dude i really i'm getting to where i need to put some new tires on my car costco they do that that's something i don't want to spend my money on yeah. if somebody got me just like four tires for christmas honestly probably just two. seriously we just had to buy four tires, yeah. and yeah, if somebody had bought them for us for Christmas, it would have been amazing. Totally, dude. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the thing is like, really, you don't want to spend your money on that stuff. No. That's like the most boring thing you can buy. Yeah, the stuff you use every day, you just don't want to spend money on. No, huh? So to get it's that for like Christmas- you get so it, accustomed to it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's just like, thanks, you just freed up like $200, 200 yeah. something dollars. Well, yeah. way more if you drive a big car. Yeah, yeah. Ours were like 400 Oh, really? Yeah. Well, the thing is, if you have an all-wheel drive vehicle, you have you to change all four all. tires at, at once. So right. we got a nail in our front driver's side tire. Luckily, they needed to be changed soonish anyway. Yeah, we had yeah. just gotten the car. The tires were fine, but they needed, probably had about 2,000 miles left on them. But yeah, 400 bucks. I mean, fine. But if somebody else had paid for that oh my God, for dude. Christmas, yeah, that yeah. would have been like the coolest gift. Totally. Because then you're just looking at like, that's $400 of mine that just got freed up yeah. that I can use to do whatever. Right. Yeah. Go out. Have, I mean, 400 bucks. Like, you can do a whole lot with that. Mm -hmm. But whatever. So yeah, some new tires. That's on my list. <laughs> what about you? Okay. So <laughs> this one... This one, I, maybe not an old man, maybe very specific to this line of work, but I have a microphone I want really oh, bad. Oh, yeah. Old microphone, I had like huh? two of them for us. Oh, uh, it's good for us. Are these sure mics? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's actually just a step up from these. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they're $359.99 brand new. You remember what model it is? Uh, It's like... Ooh. That's probably these are like the five for. some things, right? SM57. Yeah, okay. So it's industry standard. Yeah. These are hold on. It's the SM7B. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah the beta. Just, yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. These they just have amazing reviews and like uh they're really good for voice. Like, for just capturing voice. Right, right. So, yeah, you, you can use those things to mic up a fucking guitar amp or anything, yeah. dude. The SMs and stuff. Yeah. They're, they're just kind of jack-of-all-trades. Right. 
Yeah, but those guys are just kind of made for capturing our beautiful, luxurious tones. Yeah. So, like, when I think, because, like, our, our show sounds fine. There's yeah. no reason to buy $400 mic. <laughs> right. For this thing that nobody yeah. pays for that's free. Yeah. So I'd love it as a gift. There you go. I'm not, I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. Like, I mean, the show could eventually buy it. We've made our money back on our shirts and we yeah, keep totally. getting paid back. Every, Patreon's going great. Patreon, you guys are great. advertising and stuff. We could afford it, but there's other stuff we could also do that's more fun with it. Totally, <laughs> yeah. man. Totally. Yeah. So if somebody, if somebody bought those mics for us, hell yeah. Dude, one of the things that I want the most that I absolutely desperately need that I do not want to spend money on and nobody wants to, to buy it for me because it's horribly expensive I got to get these fucking wisdom teeth out. Oh, shit. I got to get these fucking things out, man. I'm running out of good places to chew real fast. insurance. You don't have dental? We do now. Yeah. You do? Yeah. So basically, like, we just kind of found out, like, our, our insurance is actually, like, fucking sick. Yeah. So probably, like, after the first of the year, like, around February or March. Uh, dental work's still expensive. Oh, even my God. Insurance, oh, yeah. But, yeah. but I'm, I'm going to have to go under that knife get these things cut out of my face it's, it's driving really not me crazy bad. i mean honestly mine are fucked off dude yeah mine too they were all grown oh so that's like, like mine yeah, yeah. yeah they were all impacted um they the healing takes a little bit because they really have to cut into your oh, gums God, yeah. and shit but yeah. i you know you you're out almost immediately yeah yeah i told them i was afraid of needles so they gave me gas to give me the iv wow dude but i didn't even like after the gas, I don't remember anything. So, Damn, and then just woke up and it it was painful, but it goes away after a little bit. You not, live not with it. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something that I definitely want. What a lame Christmas, but it'd be great. <laughs> that is that is, like, that's old man shit. Like yeah. purely, it's just like, would you pay for my medical procedures? please? Yeah. But that's like, that's the real spirit of giving, right? Yeah. Isn't it? Taking care of somebody. Taking care of somebody. Not giving them something entirely superfluous. Thanks for the Tamagotchi, but I need surgery. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got anything else on your list that pops up of old man um, shit? I mean, well, I, I also need neck surgery, so that would be Woo! great. But uh, yeah, that's some old man shit for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, but I think for me, I just need I need new clothes, but I can't buy them yet. Yeah, I've lost 65 pounds. That's the I actually problem, lost more right? than that. Yeah, because, I mean, soon yeah. you buy clothes that fit you now, they ain't going to fit you in a exactly. month or two, right? Yeah, I'm wearing double XLs. I probably would be XL. I'll be L by the time I'm done. Oh, look at you. I, like, these these pants, like you can fit off a you? second person in them right now. Challenge like, accepted. But yes. Get you, in me. You actually <laughs> could probably fit in the front of my pants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, close. That, yeah. But again, like, I. It'd be a waste. It would be. Yeah. It would be a waste. So, I don't know. What's a good. I want another dog. Oh, yeah. Get your yeah. pupper on? Yeah. Well, nah, yeah. You know, an older one. But, but you want to pick out your dog. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, Somebody I don't want it as a no gift. Go. Yeah. I can't think of another. Because like I'm I'm simple to shop for. Mostly, just give me money. Yeah, right. I'll figure it Universal out. Universal gift certificate. Yeah, which usually just goes to bills. <laughs> 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 yeah, but still, pay my bills. There we go. Yeah, that's pay an my old bills. Man. It's a great pay one. Pay my bills for a month. That'd be dope. That would be so great. I would just love love to have myself a new fucking office chair. 
That one oh, that you're sitting yeah. in right now is the one yeah. that I like sit for hours teaching yeah, and playing video I games. I have the same chair and it it killed me. Yeah, like, it's not great. Like yeah. whenever I got it, it it came out of Kate's old office that she used to work at, uh-huh. so it had been already used for who knows how long. And then I it's, got it because yeah. I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's got very little padding. Very, Even very when you little. get it brand new, yeah. they don't really have much. That's one of those things I meant to put on like my my Amazon wish list that like my mm. mother in law uses and stuff to shop, and I totally fucking forgot. You can always buy. Uh, one of those like seat cushions that are like right. super thick. Yeah, I, I have a, a good it's chair. It's a band aid. It's a band aid. It is. I actually have a good chair and one of those. I use the seat cushion so that the chair won't, because you know, it, it's actually sitting down on the chair that's causing the chair to lose its right uh, fluffiness and stuff. So I just I use the the seat cushion to keep the chair in good shape. (laughs) There you go, man. There you go. Yeah, that's something I know that I could definitely use. My tailbone would certainly appreciate it. These are boring old man things. I know, dude. That's the thing. But you know what? At the end of the day, if you're shopping for a boring old man like us and you don't know what to get him and you look at all this stuff and you go, all that shit's fucking boring. Or maybe you look at cash and you're like, too impersonal. I want to make a purchase. What is the the stigma against buying somebody a fucking great bottle of booze for Christmas? Yeah, there shouldn't be a stigma against that, dude. That I would love that. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Uh huh. Because that's that's if the somebody thing that, gave me that uh, that uh, what is it? The George Dickel that was super popular this oh year. Oh my god! One yeah. whiskey of the year. What was it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that would oh, be amazing. Bottled in Bond, the George Dickel bottle in Bond. I uh-huh. would love that. Yeah, and that's not even that expensive. It's like thirty five bucks. But isn't it fucked up? Like, okay. Your birthday, people give you bottles of booze all the time. Uh-huh. For some reason, Christmas, unwrapping a bottle of booze is like unacceptable. I don't know why. I think we should, here's what we With should do. With friends, it's okay, but like family yeah. Christmas, apparently yeah. that's weird for some people. My family doesn't drink at all. Right. It's the worst. Ugh. I didn't realize growing up. How do people do it? I didn't, I never realized like, this is not normal. They're a weird family. Now, I think they're, like, afraid of alcoholism or something. Like, yeah. just this intense fear of it to the point that they didn't drink at all. But it's it's so much more fun to be at a family gathering Fuck, where everybody's yeah. drinking. I don't know how people do it. I, I truly do not don't know, know, man. You know what we should do every Christmas is have a white elephant friends get together where everybody brings a bottle of booze and then... Mm-hmm. Yep. Trade them around. I'm, I'm telling you, man, that thing that, that me and Mitch and Josh and them started doing a couple of years ago where mm-hmm. we just do a, a pick a six beer exchange. Yeah. That's great. the fucking best, man. Yeah. Everybody just brings a six of something cool. Everybody, Everybody gets builds one. Crazy beers. Yeah. And then we just fun. hang out and drink them. Like, that's yeah. a winner to me. So I look forward to hearing from our fans and stuff and hearing what their old man Christmas wishes or old lady Christmas wishes or old robot Christmas wishes Yeah, are. we do have a lot of robot I listeners. need some oil. I've needed it for a long time, but you know me. I'm always spending my money on others instead of getting my solder joints reheated. Mmm. Scantron. but you guys post those up over on the facebook group i'd love to check them out and see if it is us that are just the boring old fucks or if there's other people that are also boring old fucks i think so i think there are a (laughs) lot of boring old fucks out there probably people who are like i really need a new blah 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 on my car yeah yeah one of those things well steve now let's get on to the meat 
of this podcast. Let's get up into that meat. Some of that Let's succulent, some of that Krampus juicy meat. meat. Let's get some of that Krampus evil elf meat. Yum, yum. And let's start talking about this thing. Um, I'm going to knock out the rest of this beer, and then we're going to crack open another one. Why don't you tell them about what this thing is, Steve? This beer right here. Boo, this howdy. beer right here. <laughs> <laughs> Says here, it's called Foreign Objects. Water waging war. Oh, my God. These shadow aspects of specific nature seek to displace and destroy inspiration. What the fuck I think is this happening? Is from, I think this is from that, that RPG that we're playing. Yeah. It sounds like D&D shit. This is an ill-dignified portent, but nonetheless serves a powerful function in the diverse pantheon of psychic existence. Huh. <laughs> in this beer, Citra and Pacifica hops blend intensely and create aggressive sensory expressions of earthy citrus. Oh my god. Sticky orange marmalade. I said marmalade. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Deep re- resinous pith and a magnetic <laughs> attraction that can't be explained. Does Go give deeper you... and always be more complex. Is there anything about it giving like plus 15 mana? Looks like down here it adds plus 7.5% alcohol to you. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a very important effect. <laughs> That's one I can use right there. The mana, I'm not doing anything with that. But the <laughs> 7.5 ABV, that's going to go to good yeah, use right there. I, I think that'll probably boost your constitution? Confidence. Confidence. There you go. Uh, dance powers. Dance powers. There Increases you go. dance ability by 5%. Now, this is the last of a four-pack. I got these over at Old Merchant Sabir here in Knoxville. And uh, uh, I like it pretty good. I like okay. it pretty good. This is one of those ones that whenever I had the first one, I had the first sip and I was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. Yeah. I, I do really like it. But it's one of those that for some reason, by the time I'm at the end of a pint, yeah, it, I grow tired of it. Okay. That being said, I think us splitting this into two half will make it more enjoyable. Yeah, it'll probably be just right. That looks like a dang old cup of pineapple juice right there. It's just that smells, nice cloudy golden color. Pineapple too. Very much. Oh, and citrusy. Resinous. Oh, pith. Are you smelling it's got the a plus good, five like, mana? Sweet orange smell to it yeah. as well. Yeah. I think that you'll enjoy it, but I think you also get what I mean. It is a little on the sweet side. That is sweet. Right? So it's like, what we're drinking right now will be good, but imagine drinking twice as much as that. It'd yeah. get old, right? Yeah, I can see this. I could see this getting old. It's it's a little too sweet for my palate. Yeah. Not enough of the citrus, but it's... I mean, it is very smooth and drinkable. Oh, very much yeah. so. Yeah. I just think I would like it more if it was like a little bit more funky, a little bit more hoppy and stuff. Yeah. It's almost like that Bearded Irish home style if it wasn't funky. Yeah, it's like a, a watered-down home style. Yeah, yeah. with with like uh, some Splenda added <laughs> or something. <laughs> Add a packet of Splenda Add to your beer. Add a packet of Splenda to every beer. That's my secret ingredient. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how you live so long. You're actually 200 years old. You discovered Splenda. <laughs> yeah, I made it up. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, Steve, was this the first time you watched Krampus? No, I watched it back in 2015. Uh Whenever you're one of them old school players, I'm an old school player, that's what they call me. Oh, yeah, uh huh. It's uh, this movie immediately stood out to me because it had Adam Scott in it, and he's on a lot of podcasts I listen to. So, oh, yeah, he came on saying he was gonna be on it. Love Adam Scott, wanted to see (laughs) it. Why don't you marry him? (laughs) I think I might, yeah, yeah, I think I might marry Adam Scott. He seems like he'd be fun. Are you gonna tell your wife, like, 
on the podcast? I think she'd be cool with it. She'd be okay. Yeah, we'll have a three-way marriage. Well, he's married and has children, too. So it's a uh, four-way marriage. I guess his wife has to get involved. All right, yeah. yeah. Um, I will make his children call me dad. Sure. Yeah. 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 It'd be weird not to. But they cannot call my wife mom. No, 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 no. No, No, that'd be very strange. No, that's weird. So you like this guy pretty well. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm a fan of Adam Scott and fan of horror movies and fan of Christmas horror movies in particular. I really like holiday horror movies. So I, I jumped on it as soon as I could. Oh, also, also Allison Tolman. I think the first season of Fargo had just happened and she's so fucking good in it. Who's she in this? I'm bad at names. Allison Tolman is the sister. Oh, okay. The right sister, on. the older sister, not the, the young girl. Okay, right, yeah. right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting thing about about Christmas horror movies. And this uh-huh. isn't the first one that we've done. We've covered Gremlins. Uh, Black Christmas. Yeah, we've yeah. done several here uh, on the show. Rare Exports, that's a good one. That's a fucking awesome yeah. one. I really did enjoy yeah. that. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, damn, I want to watch that again. Yeah. It's a really cool a movie. One. But Kate and I were talking before we started the show about, you know, d- just kind of the unique spot that Christmas horror movies are in. Yeah. In that, okay, it's kind of like being a, like we talked about before, like being a Christian band where it's just like automatic fan base. Yeah. It's people, Christmas. People are going to watch. So people, people will are watch listen, it. Yeah. But the problem is, is that those people are going to watch it one time a year max. You know, you're mm-hmm. not watching this movie in July. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of those other flicks. You can watch any old time, but a Christmas horror movie, you're really only watching this time of year. Mm-hmm. That also means it can only be in theaters Maybe a max of what eight weeks? That's true. Yeah, you know, start. Uh, you start you want it to come out probably November. Yeah, and then. But even at that, most of your sales are going to come. Yeah, in the yeah. last four weeks of the year. You yeah, know, in December. And then after that, even after the movie, you know, does well or doesn't do well in that short theater run. Yeah. Well, and and this one did not do it did entirely uh, bad yeah it, it made 61 on a 15 million okay budget it but it definitely they definitely did i remember advertising of this was pretty big yeah me too so they spent a lot on advertising so they, they made money back for sure but then the the thing is is like even after you have your theatrical run and it comes out on dvd well nobody is like buying this on dvd or paying to rent it mm. until next year right because people don't tend to watch holiday horror movies after that yeah, holiday holiday movies yeah. period you know yeah so there's kind of this weird area where it's like how do you figure out how much effort to put into something that is only going to be enjoyed once every year at maximum you know it's like yeah. do, you, do you just take it easy and phone it in for that easy holiday money people see it because of christmas thing yeah or do you really go all out knowing that well people will watch it every fucking year yeah i mean you know? yeah i think I think there's a lot of different type of planning with with uh, the executives that are more understanding of what streaming is and how it works. A lot of things that they're greenlighting now, they realize like, oh, this will definitely develop an audience and we're yeah. going to be making money off of it past the theater. Right. Uh, I think this is one where you could look at the cast they had assembled, look at the the you know, effects that they were working on and stuff and go like, oh yeah, this will make us our money back for yeah. sure. Yeah, they Not definitely be- gave a shit when they made yeah. this movie, you know? Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, walking into like a low budget holiday horror movie, it's like, if you want to get attention, you probably want to do something more broad, more general, because it's only going to get the attention really around that that season. So yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's a real... 
Uh, it's a it's it's a mixed bag. It mm-hmm. can totally succeed and be huge because Christmas is a time that if a movie is getting good word of mouth, families are going to go see it. Or if it's an R rated like this, people who are into that genre are definitely going to go see it. Right. Yeah. 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 It's it's interesting to see, and I'm trying to remember if this movie either kind of kickstarted the whole Krampus in America thing and its popularity, or did it just come out? Just right at the fever pitch it of all that stuff. It came out at a good time. Yeah. Because uh, around this time, I, though I imagine it had to do with the announcement of this movie somewhat, there were a few other low-budget horror movies that came out around the time using Krampus. And then uh, following this, Krampus has had more of a presence y- in America. There's a ton, yeah. yeah. I mean, even if you just search on Amazon for Krampus, yeah. it's like it'll bring up all kinds that are not related to yeah, this I think movie. Yeah, I think those kind of... Um, it's kind of coincidental somewhat, but also that, you know, you, you hear a big studio is making a movie called Krampus and you're a small studio. You can jump in on that game. Krampus is a, you know, it's not a licensed title. It's not a licensed title. Yeah. So you're going to get a lot of smaller budget stuff that are trying to cash in on that. And then the thing is that the popularity must've been growing before that. There's no way I don't know. It seems to me there's this movie doesn't have the following to have created the sort of surge okay, and cramp. Yeah. So it, it's it not like just Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not. Yeah, <laughs> or whatever started all the swing dance craze. I guess it was the mask. <laughs> oh yeah, I think the mask again. Did it start it or did it jump yeah, in well, on did it? Did that Brian, Brian Setzer song come out before? Because Brian Setzer Orchestra was really kind of what brought. Swing back into the mainstream. Ah, but then the Stray Cats have been around since the straight, fucking 80s, that's dude. That's true. Like, Stray Cat Strut was like 80s. That's true. It's old. But Brian Setzer was around then, too. It wasn't till that one well, he was song. He the Stray Cats. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't until that one song. I don't remember the name of it. Yeah, like a Jump, Jive, and Whale Jump, Jive, and Whale. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't until that hit the, th- the radio that other... Because like all these other bands that were doing Swing around that time already existed. Like nobody, nobody was listening to the cherry poppin' daddies, but they existed before the, the swing revival. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to know who fucking started all this damn fucking Celtic punk thing and why it won't go away. <laughs> Dropkick Murphys, go away. <laughs> I'm tired of All these songs sound the same. I'm sorry. I know a lot of our listeners probably really like that stuff, but Kick that Murphys. whole Irish punk, yeah. whatever, I just it's just not for me, Steve. Hmm. I want to know who's responsible. I want answers. I do always assume that Irish punk is like, oh, they're skinheads probably, right? <laughs> like maybe in the background? I yeah, don't know. they're probably skinheads. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this movie, like I said, I don't know if it, if it capitalized or jump-started or whatever, but it's kind of interesting that this movie brought the idea of Krampus into the, into the Western world because this has existed across Europe for fucking thousands of years. It has. And they're... I mean, this movie contains so much mythology that, that is outside of Krampus. Really? Krampus isn't even like the the deepest mythological character that we see in this. It's just that the others, we don't know their names unless you watch the, the credits. Now, this I didn't know. You were telling me that like every one of these little minions and even like the... The elves yeah. and stuff; those are all individual characters yeah, and with they have names. names. Uh-huh. I had no idea because when crazy. they bust in, it's just like elves, yeah. and they have no speaking lines. It's not yeah. like any of them are like, "Hi, I'm 
Winkus and I'm Dinkus. Like they don't talk. They Which don't is have great. It, if they did that, it would be like, oh, you're less scary now. Yeah. yeah. Winkus? Dinkus? Yeah. Get the fuck out. So, okay. So let's talk Krampus first and then we'll get into each of those. But okay. uh, Krampus is a central European figure. Mostly comes from pre-Christian uh, Alpine religion. Mm. So the, the communities that lived up in the Alps and were separated from the sort of outside world because people couldn't get to them easily yeah yeah totally so, how did they get there <laughs> who put them there <laughs> frost giants i think once you get to a place where you're like man it was hard to get here i should build a city <laughs> <laughs> it sucked getting out of here yeah. guess i'll stay put. i'll just live here and make people come to me i'm gonna go with the obvious answer frost giants oh That's where they came from wow yeah i that think they got it right sense. frost giants yeah, yeah. Okay. where else where else would they have come from no who idea. made the mountains the frost, frost giants. giants of course they did occam's razor steve occam's razor <laughs> so actually because that they were so separated uh the christianization effort took a long time with them and took some some uh concessions on the christian side it wow. took a lot yeah. of like concede they had to do the same thing with russia that's why russia has the russian orthodox church mm-hmm. where they wouldn't turn christian if they had to give up all of their uh like vodka nature gods and stuff <laughs> so they assimilated the nature gods and made them uh saints really yeah so like Word. if you go into a russian orthodox church there are icons everywhere is it they like have, bears and stags and stuff no they made them human what? they had to be human to be saints. so they made them human but they still have all the aspects of these gods and goddesses so wait hang on they're originally animals but they disguised them as people are they reverse furries <laughs> Are they skinnies? Is that what you call a reverse furry? I want to see a bear dressed in a human suit fucking another bear in yeah. a human suit. <laughs> like, maybe that's what I'm really into. We're, we're really into skinnies. Baldies. Bal- uh, no, that's something else. No, okay, no, no, no. yeah. Back where I'm from, we, we call, call them baldies. baldies. Oh. Sleepaway camp. I think skinnies is where it's at. Yeah. Okay, skinnies. <laughs> so, that's crazy. So he started as this like horned anthropomorphic figure that's like half goat, half demon, which... Yeah, Baphomet is all of them, yeah. But the half goat, half demon part, the demon bit is from the Christianization. Before the Christianization, he was not demonic. He was mischievous, for sure. Hmm. He wasn't... But not inherently evil. Not inherently evil. He, okay. was, he was meant to keep children in line. All right. So he he's part of the entourage. No, I mean, this is pre-St. Nicholas as well, but he's part he's part of this entourage of of these Alpine people. Just like where, Fat Joe and Big Pun. Exactly. Santa's Big Pun. Yeah, so it's like, hey, you look at Fat Joe. You don't want to be as fat as him, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, he's, Big pretty, like, he's pretty fat. He's pretty fat. Yeah. <sighs> He's got a weight problem. It took a lot of me. Just say that. <laughs> R.I.P. As someone who's been out of shape and fat, I can tell you. You can make that I, joke. I can you feel can that. that I can feel that yeah. joke, actually. I've been there. It's just like, <laughs> I'm out of breath. Because <laughs> I just said a really long sentence. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so, so he started off as just a mischievous yeah. character that would keep the kids in line. Yeah, and that's a thing that you see throughout like uh, every religion, folklore and stuff. Yeah, is all of these creatures that weren't considered negative or positive hmm, yeah they just had roles they had a purpose they had a purpose right yeah and the purpose was generally to keep people in line or to make people feel better that's interesting because ultimately 
Yeah, you're right. Due to the Christianization of these religions um, and stuff and these traditions, whenever we see a character like Krampus or uh, the the Germans have Schwarzpeter, Black yeah. Peter, it's like it, <laughs> who's very racist, very extremely racist. Yeah. Holy moly! They actually, on the Office, they have an episode. I just watched it. Yeah. Just like okay, so it snowed yesterday, so we had this great snowy environment. I saw the episode of the Office with Krampus and Black Peter. Nice. And then I watched Krampus. I had a pretty good. That's uh, pretty Christmassy. Christmas pretty night. Fucking Christmassy. Huh. Yeah. I'm gonna go home and get Christmas as fuck. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like those characters, we look at them now and we're like, oh, they're evil. They have horns right. and long tongues and, and so on. Evil is an invention, basically. Well, there's Abrahamic a, religions and Christianity. Yeah, there's a yeah. morality attached to yeah. it. Whereas before, it's like you said, they served a purpose. It was their yeah. job to punish the children. And, and that didn't make them evil per we, se. We can't. Maybe the kids shouldn't have been such fucking assholes. Exactly. We we can't fully understand exactly how it felt to be a part of those religions back in that time. Yeah. But I'll be honest. Like the most interesting thing i find every time i research something in history is how much humans have not changed and right totally just never do nope. we don't change we're the same all the time just because we we think now like well this situation is very specific to our time yeah it is specific to our time it's also happened before yeah for sure. yeah for sure yeah so yeah, yeah. learn from the past but learn that humanity isn't going to learn from the past and we're right. always going to kind of be the same. Well, the the idea that you do good and you get presents, you do bad, you get punished. Yeah. Like, that's Santa Claus and Krampus. That exactly. is fucking God and the devil. Which is why Krampus has chains now. The addition of chains was part of the Christianization. Oh. So, they're chains that bind him. So he is controlled still. He is in in some sort of punishment because of these chains a much like how the the devil is in hell and not running exactly. around on the earth exactly contained like by the good force yeah and so the implication is that that saint nicholas is in charge of him okay but saint nicholas also doesn't get the blame for what he does that makes no sense to me it's called a scapegoat ben oh one of those yeah, yeah. scapegoat hmm. yes that's uh the Christians How convenient. are real, real good at finding those and picking them. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. So yep, yep, yep. This, this Krampus becomes a scapegoat, which uh, allows for uh, really what happens in a lot of these festivals is older teenage boys dress up as Krampus and run through the streets hitting bad kids with birch sticks. Yeah, smack them with a twig. Which is... This is both uh, an opportunity to set up the the idea of consequences for actions and punishment. But what it's really doing is allowing people to get the cathartic feeling of beating these bad kids. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's like there's a bit of that and there's also... Okay, so there's the benefit of, like you said, to the older kids getting to fucking whip younger kids that yeah. are beneath him. But then also, too, for younger kids being taught that I must behave and I must be mm -hmm. a good boy or else bad yeah. things happen to me yeah. and I get beaten by switches and stuff. Right. It sets up that control dynamic uh -huh. for both parties involved. And there's a, there's a, there's also the, the transition into learning the truth where as you get older, you, you realize like, oh, I, I get to be one of the Krampuses. And then you realize like, oh, I've been taught how to 
teach my kids right through yeah. this mythology now this is not a positive you should not run around beating your children no. wearing uh, no. Krampus. We can outfit, we can get beyond that. I we can think. get beyond that, yeah. but it's it's a, a good step toward actual child rearing, where it's it's about teaching kids not just that they should stay in line, but that when they get older, they're the ones that have to keep everything in line. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why that's why you have to learn to stay in line because when you get older, you're in charge. Yeah, keeping it in line. <laughs> you have to keep it in line. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. That's an interesting power and control dynamic. Afoot. Yeah, so then Krampus is a positive figure in that. Sure. Once you add the Christianization, he's no longer a positive figure. You add an actual physical reward to being good, and you have just sort of a show. Like, you know, basically by the 19th century, the Krampus would just come put the kid in like a, a, sack, a sack walk yeah. down the street a little bit let him out and tell him like you be good next year uh-huh and you know i mean uh, again shouldn't be beating kids but it does sort of undercut the message that it's just like yeah krampus will be a little bit scary but then he'll just tell you be good and you go home right yeah yeah so we'll put it, you in the electric chair we're not gonna throw the switch exactly <laughs> yeah it undercuts krampus in the end where he just has no real power so this is this is really centered in like Austria, Bavaria, Croatia, Czech Republic, that area, the Alps. It, but it also goes all the way down into Italy, like northern Italy. Oh, still they there are parts of northern Italy that have Krampus festivals and stuff. Krampusnacht, though I don't know what they call it in Italian. Yeah, it's a Krampus night. Huh? Papa de Boopy. Papa de Boopy. Krampus, you be a bad boy. Krampus, he come, he take your spaghetti. Oh no. <laughs> No, I want he to whip you. you with the spaghetti. <laughs> it oh, is less, oh. even less than al dente. It hurts. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Italian Krampus Italian whipping Krampus. the kids with raw spaghetti. I really like this, though. <laughs> <laughs> the word Krampus originates from Old High German, which means claw. Okay. So, uh, from Krampen. So, Krampus would be the one with claws. Okay, yeah. And he hangs out with Santa Claus. Ooh, I thought that was fun. Snickety snicked. Mm-hmm. What if Santa Claus was Wolverine? Santa I mean, Claus. I'm yeah, right with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Comes down the chimney smoking a big fat stogie. I think he gets up to the chimney because Colossus throws him. Fastball special. Yeah. Yeah. Alley oop. <laughs> Colossus <laughs> leads his sleigh, of course. Yeah, that would yeah. make sense. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, like, really, in the end, like, there, there's a lot of stuff that I could say about it, but really, in the end, the important thing about Krampus now is that he's become the anti-Santa Claus. Right, like he's, yeah. He is the... Santa is good, he is evil. Yeah, he's the antagonist to Santa Claus. In this movie, they describe him as the, the shadow of St. Nicholas or something exactly. like that. Exactly, yeah, that's what, what Omi says. Now, this movie actually goes so far as to give him what I would say looks like a either deformed, demented Santa face or a cut-off Santa face. It looks almost like he's wearing... A false face. Okay, that's something I was wanting to talk about yeah. uh, is is Krampus's face because I remember the very first time that I watched this movie. I don't know if it was one of those things where you know maybe I was tired, not paying attention. Maybe I was watching on a small TV, so I couldn't see the details. Yeah. I don't really remember honestly, but I remember thinking, "Wow, that's kind of weird." They just gave him like a rubber, inarticulated face. Yeah. I didn't realize that was a mask. It looks, yeah, because if you look at uh, the other depictions of Krampus, well, he's the elves, half goat. The, and but, the elves are wearing masks, too. That's true. Yeah. He is half goat, but he's he's 
always like covered in black whatever hair yeah and he has a more goatish face and in this case he does have those goat eyes yeah he does yeah. He got. i noticed that this time he's yeah. got those like weird pupils that a but goat the has. exterior looks like a mask and it's I like f- a wooden I f- mask or i something. feel like that's what they were going for yeah. is that he is wearing a mask that like we we we've gotten so far with krampus now that he's basically santa in disguise yeah. yeah, yeah, he's disguising himself as mm. the good guy, as Santa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of those things that I remember the first time that I saw this movie, and I was so impressed by how much of the movie had these great practical effects, mm-hmm. and they were using actual, oh, yeah. you know, little puppets and things, which we'll so talk great. about those too. Yeah. And then I remember getting to where they actually show his face and being disappointed because I was like, oh, it's like they're not even giving him an mm-hmm. opposable. But face, yeah, but it's a mask. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think there is a face under there. I think so too, yeah. which makes me go like, "God damn!" Like that's creepy. What is the face of Krampus? <laughs> exactly. Then? Yeah. Like that's actually that's one of those things where that's actually scarier than anything they could have showed you. Like if yeah. they decided to give him a full CGI goat man face, uh-huh. that wouldn't have been as creepy no, as him just seeing you know. Well, you see the eyes moving behind the mask, and you see his tongue roll out and stuff, and it oh, lets you know like what the fuck is up with whatever's going on in his face. I want to talk about his appearance and specifically that tongue. Yeah. I have a theory about Krampus. This is my fan fiction of Krampus. Okay, I like this already. Is it sexy? Is it yeah, hot? It's sexy as fuck. Ooh, what you, you do that, what oh you do with that long we'll tongue? We'll probably have to both stop to masturbate. He punishes the bad boys, <laughs> rewards the good girls. Yeah. No, that could get weird really that fast. Could get scratch really that, scratch <laughs> that, scratch that, scratch <laughs> that. So... I meant to say good ladies. There we go. So <laughs> my theory here is that the Venom symbiote came down in the 11th century and tried to take over Santa Claus, Excuse but he rejected me. it. I'm on board. He rejected it, and then it went and got Krampus. And that's why his tongue looks the way it is, and that's why he's like Dude. way bigger. and Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I back that yeah. a million percent. So, I'm saying, Venom versus Krampus. Santa Claus versus Venom Krampus. Venom Krampus. <laughs> Dude, yes, please. Give me that in a graphic novel or something. All right, let me talk just a little bit about some of the other... I, I don't want to go full in-depth about all of the different mythologies that are being referenced in this. Okay. But there is some... There is some mythology that goes from, you know, Iceland... Scandinavia, wow. and even modern. I'm uh, interested to know about this because yeah. this is kind of funny too that you're mentioning this. That there is all this unspoken mythology in these completely minor characters and yeah. stuff because that's so much like what we were talking about on last week's Ravenous episode, yes. where it's like all this Wendigo stuff without, without ever drawing attention it out. to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's there. Yeah, and even if you don't know that it's there, it's still enjoyable and you'll still follow it. Yeah. But if you do the research, it's even more there seriously very yeah. cool okay yeah i want to know about this all stuff. Right. I, I love scandinavian mythology Me too. i swear to god it's like so interesting man all of that stuff greek mythology egyptian uh-huh. mythology is the original comic books man uh-huh. it's the original fucking comic it really books. is so perkta perkta is the name of the angel okay the little angel thing. creature yeah. in here which uh-huh. looks so awesome it's great yeah i love that thing so Perkta was a goddess in Alpine pre-Christian uh, mythology. Okay. And basically the name means either the bright one or the hidden one. And they went for both in this. She stays in the, the dark 
and then comes out and is completely white Luminous, and bright. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. She's she's also the guardian of the beasts, which is what she tends to be doing in this movie is uh, protecting the Jack in the Box and the teddy bear and the 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 robot. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. she she seems to be actually protecting them. Playing her role for yeah. mythology. That's really rad. What what crazy detail to put into that. I know, it's crazy. Yeah. These are real interesting um because they don't have any role like speaking lines or anything and I couldn't really tell them apart though they do ha- each have different designs. The dark elves that show up four of them have names very bizarre it's very bizarre because they don't say the names and you don't see them unless you you look through the you know is uh, it just in the credits it's just in the credits yeah or the imdb as well huh so one of them is stick your star oh okay which is sheep harasser is what that means (laughs) i think that goes really really r-rated extremely fast yeah (laughs) each of these four are part of 12 Yule lads that come from Icelandic I've heard tradition. of these Yule yeah. lads. Okay. And they come on each night of Christmas. Oh. So like 12 days of Christmas. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. So then these show up. Stekker Star is the first to show up. He harasses your sheep. He harasses your sheep. Uh, bothers your livestock. The thing the thing was that the in Iceland during the winter they would keep their sheep underground. Say what? Yeah, they keep their sheep underground to keep them warm and to keep them from, you know, the snow. So what would happen is the sheep would be making lots and lots of noises, which would frighten the children. So most likely this comes from people, you know, parents trying to explain to their kids what the is happening with the sheep. And they, they're down there being bothered. They're being bothered by Stekistar. And that's going to make it better? Somehow. That's worse. Somehow. The kids are just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, y'all, 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 oh, I'm y'all. asleep soundly now. <laughs> that is not an Icelandic accent. <laughs> yeah, sure it is. Sounded just like Bjork. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. For, forest, Hit me forest again. liker. Forest liker. Forest liker. Forest Whitaker. Yep, Forest Whitaker. Forest Whitaker, he's it's called. Spoon liquor. He's going to lick on that spoon, huh? Yep. Why? Because that's gross? Yep. Huh. Uh, I mean, basically, in the time you everybody would have their spoon and their dish, their cup. Yeah, it wouldn't. You wouldn't have like just a whole bunch of stuff. Everybody has their own. Okay. So if somebody licked your spoon, it's gross. Yeah, that is gross. What a what a naughty boy. Uh huh. (laughs) He's a rude boy. Rude boy. Rude boy. Forest liker. (laughs) This one I love. This name, Gluga Agaigir. It's got five G's in it. And it means window peeper. Window peeper, he's mm-hmm. called. What's that name again? Glugaga Geiger. Glugaga Geiger. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so he he peeps in windows in order to locate food he could possibly steal. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now I I'm reading these and I'm saying I I don't think that these really come out in the movie. Like I don't I don't think that there's seems to be much of a reason to name them these things but other than just tying them into yeah. old yeah. myth uh and then the other one is keth uh ket croker 
which means meat hook. Now, that's actually scary. That sounds kind of yeah. brutal right there. Uh, he travels with a long stick with a hook at the end, and it's perfect for sticking it down chimneys in order to steal meat. Wow. Yeah. So they're 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 mischievous. They're they're not doing anything to harm. Mm-hmm. They're just fucking with the sheep to scare the little kids. They're licking their spoons. They're stealing the meat. Looking in their windows to see if they can steal their they food. They peeping. Yeah. They sound like a bunch of perverts and miscreants. Yeah. And then there's Rupricht the elf. Oh. Who Ruprecht. is based off of Necht Rupricht. Necht Rupricht. And reading about him, there's no reason for me to go into it. But read about him. His story is weird. They're right. real weird. Like, and not like... I didn't think it was interesting enough to talk about. Because it's just all over the place. Okay. But it's just... The t- types of things attributed to him are just strange. Uh, then we have the Nutcracker, which is obviously a more modern reference. The Nutcracker, the yeah. Nutcracker. Yeah, the Nutcracker oh, in this doesn't yeah. really do too mm. terribly much. He's in there a little bit. Yeah. I kind of think, too, I mean, considering that all of these other creatures have these, like, crazy fucking yeah, names, his right? Name's just Nutcracker. Nutcracker. Yeah. I like to think that, like, maybe, you know, Krampus, he gathered all these minions together, or maybe mm-hmm. he, like, made them, like, like made the Nutcracker right. and stuff. And he's like, now you all get to choose your own names. Uh-huh. And, like, the Nutcracker was, like, first in line. He's, he's like, like, what will be your name? And he's like, uh, well, I, uh, I crack, crack nuts. nuts. So. Um, n- Nutcracker. Wish granted. Next, what will you have? And this guy's like, Nutcracker's like, can I change? No. It's too late. No, I already wrote it down. <laughs> this is a pin, so. <laughs> yeah, it's permanent. <laughs> I didn't know I had options. That's not we <laughs> said what we did. Uh, the Jack in the Box doesn't have a name. I, uh, it's just Jack in the Box. That thing is crazy. Yeah, it looks great. It reminds me of like, the big Freddy worm yeah, from, that's exactly uh, what it Dream me Warriors, yeah, right? Dream Warriors. But the uh, way it has that like crazy hinged jaw. Uh, that opens outward. Yeah, yeah, and it's got tons of teeth and stuff in there. Yeah. And it's, it's a like practical... predator-like. Very predator-like, yeah. yeah. And it's very... I mean, it's a fucking practical effect. Uh-huh. It looks yeah. awesome because it it's great. real. And they know how to shoot that shit, too. Yeah, it's all in the dark and like, yeah... I mean, they they did really smart to take out the electricity early. Yeah, totally. Yep. Yeah. The others that actually have names are Teddy Claw. Oh, okay. Little teddy bear guy. Teddy bear. His name's Teddy Claw. Dude, that guy looks awesome. I love that guy. And then TikTok, the robot. Oh, so he has a name too. It is a name. Then there's the Snow Beast, which is that whatever is under the snow that keeps attacking them. Oh, so that's a separate creature. Yeah. I didn't All know if that was like Krampus separate, yeah. under the snow grabbing people. That's, yeah. that's like fucking snow trimmers or something. Yeah. Like in, in, in a lot of, you know, uh, Central European and, and Western European and even Scandinavian cultures. Yeah. The, these, these are, there's just this gang of antagonists to St. Nicholas. So yeah. this movie really invested in that idea of like well, let's bring all the gang together and and just have them all working together to send this family to hell it's like the monster squad yeah huh that's it's, pretty cool that he drew nobody in. has nards <laughs> nobody kills a vampire with pizza <laughs> fat kid didn't have a slice of pizza in his pocket <laughs> i love monster squad it's so great but yeah so that's great, just man. such a dumb idea like oh he's a fat kid of course he keeps a piece of pizza yeah, in his pocket. always <laughs> I love, though, that they brought in all of this stuff, like you said, to make it this perfect gang of, like, Scandinavian mm. myth 
kid punishers. Yeah. It's like a dream team, you know. A dream team of, of kid punishers. Yeah. yeah, really, man. Yeah. That's really, really dope. And that's um you know, one of the things that I was wondering too about is if the snowmen played into any of this myth. Yeah, I I didn't find anything in particular though. Uh, it works well. I, I think it fits with the idea of, say, Frosty the Snowman, of a snowman coming to life. Like, it, it like I think they were bringing out more than... Because, like, with, say, the Nutcracker yeah. or TikTok, like, TikTok is just a, a it's just an robot. app. It's an app on your phone. Yeah, that the Chinese government's using to spy on you. Exactly. It's weird. Don't use it. <laughs> um, but the thing that struck me about the snowman in this is, like, okay... When, whenever the snowmen first start appearing in the yard, it's like nobody built these. Yeah. And it's very creepy that you just suddenly have more and more snowmen gathering up in yeah. the yard. Um, but they never become like sentient or like no. move or attack anybody. They're just there suddenly and it's creepy. Mm. But is it just me or do they correspond to when somebody in the movie dies, a oh. snowman appears? Because, like, okay, when the first one appears, that's right after so this the, like, uh, the, the, the tow truck driver guy uh, has been killed. Yeah. That's when the first snowman yeah. appears. After the daughter is killed, that's when yeah. the second one appears. I didn't even notice that. After wow. the little fat kid is dragged off, there's uh-huh. a little fat snowman in the yard. So, yeah, they're representative, and, and, or maybe even they're entombed inside. That's of, what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, is that what's going on? Huh. I'm not really sure, and maybe cool. maybe I'm looking into it too much, but it just seemed like I they all so. coincided with whenever somebody I died, there's the no fact that I just named all those names and told you all that means you can't be digging too far into this yeah, movie. Yeah, probably. Yeah. They had a lot of stuff in mind that they didn't just say explicitly. So yeah, I think you might be right. Huh. Interesting. Well, and the thing is too, is it you know, knowing who directed this movie and knowing his other work yeah. makes me feel like this was certainly deliberate. I didn't know who directed this the first time that I watched yeah. it, but watching it this time, knowing who made it, yeah. I'm like, well, of fucking course, yep. the guy that directed Trick or Treat made yep. this. Michael Doherty, he directed Trick or Treat. He also directed recently uh, Godzilla King of Monsters. He also wrote Trick or Treat and Godzilla King of Monsters. Oh, wow. And wrote X2, one of my favorite comics. Oh, no shit. He wrote yeah. that. Uh-huh. I didn't know that. And we'll be talking about him again in the future at some point when we cover Urban Legends Bloody Mary. Oh, my God. He He did that? that? He wrote it. He didn't direct it. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So, yeah, Michael Doherty, he's he's good. Like, he's he's so consistent as a director, it seems to me. Yeah. Like, you can't complain about any of the choices in this movie i don't well think. that's the thing too is like after well you know, there's one but yeah one for me but it, it's not huge after having seen trick-or-treat so many times and that that's one of my favorite yeah i watch it every halloween, Great for halloween. movies it's fucking fantastic um this movie is definitely covered with a lot of his hallmarks in terms of like there being a balance of stuff that's funny and there's some levity to uh-huh. it but also stuff that is genuinely horrifying but mm. none of it really seeming out of place like jerky yeah. like what kind of movie am i watching now is this a comedy movie is this a scary movie whatever yeah he does a really good job of blending those two elements together mm-hmm. and making the the humor element something very human in terms of how you'd probably be reacting in yeah, these situations exactly. while also keeping stuff very scary and tense mm. and horrifying yeah uh i found it like I hadn't read that Michael Doherty directed when I watched it again recently, yeah. and I seen as soon as I saw Howie, the little uh, kid Howard's son. Yeah, Howard. Ju- Howard I Jr. was like, or whatever. He looks like that kid in Trick or Treat. Totally. 
Yeah. And yeah, that's what they were going for. Thurman Merman. They were going for Thurman Merman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I even wonder if like if it's possible that the, those two movies exist in the same universe. If that's I'd possible, I'd love for I that to be true. That, yeah, man. I well, I mean, it's possible because Michael Doherty loves having comic book tie-ins to his movies. Totally. So there is a comic book tie-in to Trick or Treat that was written in like 2014 or something. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. There's a comic book tie-in to this, and he also did the he wrote superman returns and so he was part of writing the story for four prequel issues of superman that came out before superman returns so this guy like he he sees the value of fleshing things out outside of the movie yeah which i really like i like the idea that like Inside the movie, we don't say these things specifically. Outside the movie, if you want to read the comic book and find out the deep mythology and all this stuff, it's there. Yeah, it's there if you want it. But for a two-hour movie, we can't go into that. Yeah, and you can also enjoy the movie without the additional reading material. All that stuff. Well, and very similar too. I think that Trick or Treat and Krampus here have a very similar message in terms of people being punished for disrespecting the holiday or losing faith in the traditions yeah. of the holiday. Uh-huh. I mean, that's all over trick yeah. or treat. I mean, trick or treat is just a bunch of people being punished for disrespecting the spirit of Halloween. Mm-hmm. And this movie is all about the consequences of Max losing his faith yes. in Christmas and, yeah. you know, fucking tearing up his wish list and throwing it away and stuff. Do you think if Max had sent that letter, none of this would happen? Yeah, I do. Yeah, because it would have showed that he kept the faith yeah. in the holiday. But I mean, like, would his family be attacked? Because Omi, she, her story was basically that it wasn't until she gave up that everything happened. So it's right. kind of on the the kid, it seems like. Hmm. Well, the thing is, is like, ultimately, at the end of the day, considering this movie closes showing us that this entire story has been happening inside of this little snow globe. Yeah. It almost is as if Max is the center of whatever universe this is. Yeah. So I think that it would make sense that his decisions about the spirit of Christmas affect all reality because yeah. clearly this entire snow globe universe he's in revolves around him. Now, was that, was that trying to indicate they had always been in the snow globe or that they are now? I don't know, right? Yeah. That's the thing about the ending about this that I do think is really fascinating. Is yeah, you're right. It's like, have they been there all along? Mm-hmm. Are they trapped there in some kind of like yeah. Christmas Day purgatory? It, it is so like white and silent yeah. the whole time outside that it does seem unreal. Like yeah, totally. The world outside their doors isn't real. Well, and the thing is, is like you know, at the end there, whenever he wakes up and it's Christmas morning and all the uh-huh. family's back, nobody's dead and all that jazz. Like it all seems so happy and idyllic. But once he pulls out that Krampus bell, you almost see everybody in the family start to remember right what happened yeah you know so maybe they are stuck in there as some sort of punishment or something yeah it's really hard to say honestly and i like how ambiguous that ending is personally i do too i really loved the ambiguity of the ending the one thing that i would change about this movie is the toys popping up at the end that was totally some studio x decision yeah because it's like we're we're being left with this empty, dark, hollow feeling Very at bleak. the end, and then hey, we're toys, and it's yeah. like, oh, fuck Again you. With like this. I was, yeah. I was dealing with the the emptiness of that. Now I'm 
completely not even thinking about that. So right. it seems like a bad choice. I totally agree. I would have been very okay with just the fade out on Krampus's workshop yeah. and all those other little snow globes because that is a very nihilistic kind of ending. Yeah. Without the is. little toys giving you one more little yeah. jump scare on the way out. And maybe that's why they did it to make people feel less nihilistic when they left. Like, right. yeah. If you want people to spread word of mouth like i saw this great movie it's probably not going to happen if they feel like shit when they walk out right well here's the thing about this movie and, and its message i think about christmas and keeping the faith and the the spirit of the holiday and stuff max's christmas wish list uh-huh was nothing like a child's wish yeah, list it was as it very, would be today like it, he didn't ask for things yeah, at all he was very giving and supportive he, he was more interested in his family yeah he was just happy. wishing his family yeah. would do better yeah and other people get the attention they deserve yeah. and so on like it wasn't about i want this toy i want a fucking pony or whatever yeah it was all about wishing well for others and the fact that he gave up on that and that's what caused all this mayhem i think also kind of ties in with the intro of the movie, which is fantastic. I think the intro to this movie is awesome. Mm-hmm. Where it shows like a Black Friday shopping scene. Oh, yeah. To uh, what the most it? wonderful time of the most year or something. Time of the year. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. And it's all got that like Vaseline lens, like idyllic, dreamy kind of kind of holiday quality to it. And these people are just like ripping each other shreds and mm-hmm. punching the shit out of each other. It shows the humans as monsters because yeah. of this new idea of christmas that we've adopted Uh where it is not really about wishing the best for others and hoping that others do well it's about like they say in bad santa you gotta get the shit Mm -hmm. you know it has become this very um commercialized very materialistic holiday yeah so i think when this movie opens with that it's showing us how krampus isn't the only monster here like people that go out and disgrace the holiday this way, the season of giving by going out and punching a stranger in the face so you can get a fucking TV, uh-huh. that turns you into a monster. I want to talk about that for a second because this is interesting to me. I, I did some research on Christmas, of course, leading into this, but it just so happened uh, there was a Reddit post about uh, the commercialization of, of Christmas yeah. and somebody left a comment that was really enlightening that I already knew some of the facts but had never really put this together that Christmas had been banned in England in the like 17th century basically because it was about getting drunk and getting stuff huh yeah the Protestants, that is what it's about. That is what it's about. <laughs> I, that, this is something that like, I kind of want Christmas movies to move away from. The central message to this, I don't agree with. This holiday is not about giving and sharing. It's about getting. Yeah, you're giving, but you're giving to get. Uh-huh. That's the reason. It's not about Jesus. It's not about any of that shit. It's about getting stuff. And it was before. And they banned it. And the Protestants who moved here, the pilgrims that came to this country... So actually, this would have been 15th century. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, The pilgrims who came to this country didn't uh, do Christmas. They thought it was evil to celebrate Christmas. Opulent, even. The the comeback of Christmas was from the the writing of Charles Dickens, really. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even in that, there are ghosts involved. And... The thing that we do learn is that it's not about 
uh, giving so much as not being a piece of shit. <laughs> like it, it, it really doesn't have so much to do with giving because he could give Bob Cratchit or is it Bob Cratchit? He could yeah. give Cratchit everything. He could buy him a new house. He could make his, well, all he does is bring over a goose. In some uh, in some versions, like in the in the Muppet one, he pays his mortgage. Too. Right. I don't yeah, know if that's exactly the because the Muppets they were thinking they like, got it right. <laughs> the Muppets got it right. They were thinking like, well, this is he's he's got everything and he's giving him a goose. That's that's like what rich people today do when they say I gave to charity. It's like, well, you owed one point two billion in taxes and you gave a hundred million in charity. Not the same, bud. Yeah, that's 1. like me dropping half a penny. Yep. Yeah, it's not the same. So even in that, there's no real big revolution towards giving is the best, and that's what we should do. It's don't be greedy. Mm-hmm. So it's still about getting, but also give. Yeah. Well, there's that thing that Omi says in this, too, about how Krampus, he was only ever taking, like never giving mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's... Uh, yeah. Oh wait, no. Was that in the fucking? No, no, no. That's this. Yeah, this is because that's that's like how the, the same as uh, rev- ravenous. Yeah, yeah. Talking yep. about the Wendigo and stuff. I noticed that. Like, yeah. I got confused for a second. I was like, wait, was I thinking about last yeah. week's movie? No, it's both movies. And I, that's what I think it is. I think that we, our like postmodern consciousnesses, have all come to accept everything as a duality. Whereas I think we used to be able to maintain dualities in our head and not worry about them. Hmm. Like, people used to be okay with, uh, you know, Santa comes and gives presents and Krampus comes and beats the bad kids. But we've, like, sort of merged it all where it's just like, they're they're not even real. They're not even really a part of this. Uh, Your parents give you presents and they give them to you regardless. You're going to get them. If you don't get them, in fact, you have bad parents. Like <laughs> they don't love you. Like everything is sort of reversed because we're trying to, we're trying to create this very clear duality where it's good Christmas behavior is giving and not thinking about yourself, and bad Christmas behavior is getting and only thinking about yourself. And there's the reality is that the two go together. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't are have one both the giving other. and getting. You're both feeling the joy of giving, but also feeling the joy of getting. The you shadow is cast by the light. Yeah. This is why parents tend to not enjoy Christmas as much. Yeah. Which, oh, the song that was playing at the beginning is, uh, it's beginning to look a lot like That's Christmas. It. And it has a line that I had never noticed, which yeah. is about the parents <laughs> being tired of the kids being home. They just can't wait for school to start yeah. again. Yeah, Christmas and, and Thanksgiving, like when you have kids specifically, it's not a joyous occasion until they get old enough to take care of themselves. <laughs> then it's like, oh, good, I get to see my kids and hang out with them. By that point, they got their own kids. So to them, it's not fun. Like, there's just this the const- cycle goes on. Yeah, constant cycle. I mean, I'll say, just because I already know somebody's fixing to, to correct us uh, in their car as they're sitting in traffic. Like, I know to a lot of parents out there, they get super giddy to oh, give yeah, their, to their give kids the, stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, whenever I give my nieces stuff, it, like, it gets me stoked to see them, like, really enjoy oh, for sure. for something sure. that you give them to. But it's so a lot that. of work, for it's sure. It's a lot of work. It's a lot, a lot of work. And it, and it can be very rewarding, for sure. I've, I've stayed up and, like, put together a tricycle for my niece and stuff yeah. so that she wakes up and thinks Santa brought it. That's all fun and games. But I also was tired and didn't yeah. want to wake up 
the next morning. <laughs> like, yeah, it, like it's it's a it's a real for kids. It's all about getting, and that's what they should be taught. I think I'm not even complaining about this. What I'm saying is that all the Christmas messages and movies are the opposite of what we should be telling kids. We should be telling kids have a good time, enjoy yeah. your presents. You don't have to think about how when you're an adult, it's going to be hard and you're going to be, be your the turn. one giving right. and not getting a lot of presents, maybe none at all. Like, you don't have to do all that. Just fucking go through the have fun. The it, end. It can be that simple. It can be. Right yeah. on. Now, this movie, I feel like, draws a lot of influence and definitely pays tribute and tips the hat to many classic yes. Christmas movies. It I mean, sure does. Whenever it opens after that that Black Friday scene, uh-huh. it opens on, what is it? Is it a Christmas Carol or something, isn't it? Somebody's watching a classic Christmas movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're watching a Christmas Carol. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> the words got me confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're watching a Christmas Carol early in the movie. And that and, like, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, you know, it's uh-huh. all about these these people being de- being tried and tested. Yeah. And then at the end, they wake up and everything's okay again. Uh-huh. Uh, which is something that happens in this movie. Also something that happens in, in Home Alone. At the end, yeah. it's all okay. Everybody's back. Everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah, this I did write down. This could be titled "Home Together." Home like it's, together. It's the premise of Home Alone minus him being alone. Like, yeah. Uh, I I think that's interesting. I never thought about this, but you just mentioning them in the same breath made me realize that "It's a Wonderful Life" is a Christmas Carol. If the angel went to Cratchit instead of Scrooge. Yeah. If the angels were like, yeah. And instead of saying, like, look at how bad you are, if the angel was like, you've been a pretty cool dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, you've been all right. Yeah. Maybe don't kill yourself. Yeah. And then <laughs> it's a grim movie, dude. Yeah. And then all the people who've been screwed over by the rich guy come to help this poor guy out, not the rich guy. It's true. I think It's a Wonderful Life might have the strongest, most relatable message of the christmas carol movies you might because be right. they're not relatable i don't get scrooge i don't get him i've never had that much money i've never been that greedy i've never been in a position to treat people beneath me like shit yep. yeah i've never been that person so reading that it's just like yeah this is a monster this person's a monster yeah. i don't like him yeah. yeah well it just seems to kind of just Instra- uh, strengthen up your damn the man attitude. Yeah. And I, I think <laughs> it's a wonderful it's like, life was like, yeah, damn the man. Yeah, it's like, well, my boss could not be a piece of shit. You uh-huh. know? Yeah, I think even the house that they're in looks like the John Hughes home it alone does, yeah. house. Yeah, it, it looks like the neighborhood as well because totally. they're all nice houses and yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and I feel like too, like even the kids and stuff in this kind of have a bit of that vibe of that, that home alone family where there's just mm. so many kids and so many cousins and like they don't necessarily live the same kind of lifestyle, oh, yeah, see eye to eye and stuff. It's, it's National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Which is also Christmas yeah. Vacation. Yes, mm-hmm. dude, that, that opening scene where, yeah, Tony Collette and all them are getting the house ready and the doorbell rings and everybody knows it's their redneck cousins yeah, and, and they're family dreading showing up. It. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's Christmas Vacation, yep. absolutely. Yeah, and Dave Koechner does an amazing job as the Randy Quaid stand-in. Yeah, he is absolutely are, the... Uh, yeah, Randy. It's Randy Quaid. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dennis is the handsome one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I think Randy is that quite Randy, dapper. yeah. Woo. <laughs> but he's absolutely playing the, the Randy Quaid. Yeah role with his fucking redneck ass family that he yeah, brings there's over. So, yeah, there's so much. And that's, I think, something that's part of the Christmas tradition um, is tradition and 
the fact that movie makers have noticed that pulling in tradition into your holiday movie will actually boost it. And if you can do it smart enough that it doesn't jump, because I none of these jumped out the first time I watched Krampus. First time I watched Krampus, it was just a Christmas horror movie and I was enjoying it. Watching it through again, I see like, oh, they're relating back to this and this and this. They're pulling in on the tradition of all the movies you watch around Christmas and making you feel the same sort of way yeah, throughout that's, the movie. That's true because, yeah, I think that they're realizing that not only do we associate the Christmas tree and lights and candles and eggnog and stuff, those are traditional Christmas yeah. images, but also now traditional Christmas images are National Lampoon's mm-hmm. Home Alone. Yeah. Like, the movies that we watch... Uh-huh are very much a part of our Christmas traditions. Yeah. You know, just like caroling and fucking the Yule log used to be for people of, of yesteryear. Yeah. So I think by bringing in a lot of those influences, and, and Gremlins is definitely a big influence here yes. too, especially just how mischievous some of the uh-huh. little, little creatures yeah, are, and how they're they, cute but also scary, uh-huh. you know? Uh, but I think by bringing those things in, it really modernizes our idea of, you know, what we relate as Christmas in this day and age, which is a lot of, our favorite movies. I just realized the Jack in the Box diehards it. He goes into the the air vents to get away. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> you're right. Diehard reference. Diehard is in yeah. here too. Damn, yeah. dude. Yeah, you're yeah. Right. It's it's all like like the th- the real sort of center of Christmas is tradition because it, it comes from not just an, a, a celebration of of Christ's birth, but it comes from all the pagan traditions oh, yeah. that that's trying to take from. I mean, you bring a tree into your house that has nothing to do with Jesus. It's no. all about pagan tradition. Yeah, like, all of them. Almost all the Christian all holidays the, are. Yeah. Almost all of the major traditions of Christmas come from paganism. So, yeah. again, my point is that Christmas isn't about Jesus. It's not about Christ. And it's not just about giving. It's about giving and getting. It is a two-way street. If you don't get during Christmas, you only give you don't get the full experience, I don't think. Because getting something feels nice. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even if, if it's, it's just a whole set of tires. Yeah, it was just, uh, yeah, something small. It's like, oh, I don't have to deal with that now. Thanks. Which is what Christmas is about. Yeah, I think so, man. Now, the cast in this movie is Dynamite. Yeah, I can't, like, I assume they spent most of their money on the effects and the cast. Yeah. Because yeah, these totally. are all well-established people. Yeah, man. Yeah, like you said, we got Adam Scott in there as the, mm-hmm. as the paterfamilias. Yeah, uh, we all know Adam Scott from Parks and Rec. Uh, at this time, he, he had been on Parks and Rec for a little bit. He had just done Party Down. Uh, what else is he in? He's in The Good Place. He's in so much stuff. And very likable dude. Very likable dude. Maybe a little one-dimensional. I feel like he plays the same character a lot of the time. Which is him. It's just Adam Scott. And yeah. That's fine. I mean, yeah. dude, the world needs those guys. Yes. The world needs uh-huh. Christopher Walken's out there. I mean, same with Dave Koechner. Yeah. He, he plays that same character the all the time. The old talk out of the side yeah. of my mouth guy and be obnoxious yeah. all the time. Though, yeah. I mean, that, that's Dave Koechner in his family life is not that way. He's He's just like... Probably like a tenth of that. Okay, but like, yeah, when he gets on screen, he's like, "Oh yeah, I can pump this up to asshole real quick." Totally, and yeah. he's and he's that guy where it's like, if that name doesn't ring a bell, it's like if you uh, go to yeah, his IMDb or Google him, it's like uh, you'll see him be like, "Oh, I've seen him in like a million Anchorman, for instance. He was the sports guy. Yeah, Champ wasn't he in kind. Thank You for Smoking? He was. He's in that. He's in a ton of Tons stuff. Tons of fucking. That's things. the thing. I Same noticed. with the Ant, dude. Yeah, when I was going through all of their IMDb's, I was like, "Oh yeah, they were going for solid." 
solid people who had yeah had been doing this for a while. Yeah, noteworthy character yeah. actors. The aunt, what is what is her oh, name? Uh, Conchata Farrell. In, what a crazy name! Like yeah. she's because she's just a full on white lady, and her name's Conchata. Yeah, dude, <laughs> and she like in every movie is just kind of like the sort of sort of bitch older white lady. Yes. that she plays the same sort of character. Yeah, these are all character actors. Yeah, except for Tony except for Tony Collette, yeah. who's a fucking yeah. marvel of an actress. Well, Allison Tolman, I, I don't know. I think she plays herself pretty well in most roles. She she's amazing in Fargo. She was she plays uh Pam Poovey's sister in Archer. Like she's in a ton of stuff. But Conchata Farrell, I I have always had a positive association with her and never realized why. She was in L.A. Law, which was a show I loved when I was in third Never grade. Never watched that. I don't know that. That <laughs> loved, doesn't sound like a third grader it's show. It's not. L.A. Law. It's not. I wanted to be a lawyer because of L.A. Law. No shit. Uh, I did. I had no idea. And Conchetta Farrell was in it. She's also in Two and a Half Men. I've seen her in a ton of commercials. Isn't she I've in a bunch of like Adam show. Sandler movies and yeah. shit? Like she's in she's tons in so much of stuff. comedies through yeah. the, the 90s and late 90s. Yeah. And again, it's like I know that if I saw that name, like if I got a fucking letter from her with her name on it, I'd be like I don't know who this is <laughs> no from. idea I don't know her yeah, name I mean this is a running joke on on Bojack Horseman about uh, Margot Martindale who is a character actress who you would immediately recognize I don't if you know saw a picture I mean, of her. you just said the name I have yeah. no idea who you're talking about yeah you know <laughs> it's but a y- funny running joke that like and, and it, it's true and people need to recognize it's like an automatic overlook when somebody's like, I want to be an actor, and everybody's like, you're no Tom Cruise, or you're right. no... It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know Tom Cruise doesn't perform every role in movies, right? <laughs> like, people just don't notice these people, even though they know them by face. And that's how amazing yeah. they are, is because they just blend into yep. the role that well. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't think of him as that actor playing that character. Tom Cruise as... yeah. Mission Impossible guy. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that's fucking Adam Sandler's mom or whatever. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? They just disappear into those <clears throat> characters that way. And she in this is kind of... Kind of the embodiment of like the in-laws in Christmas yes. Vacation where nothing's ever good enough. The little lights, they aren't twinkling. Uh, like she's just such a fucking negative bitch what, about everything. Like, Tony Collette's character had way more patience than I would have. Dear Jesus. With, like, fuck no, man. Because like if I, because I'll work my ass off on a, on a holiday meal. If I sat down to the holiday meal that I'd work my ass off of and I heard one complaint, I'd just take their plate. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, well, you can get the fuck Sorry. out. <laughs> off you go. Fucking ingrate. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Hey, it's better than what you made. Get the fuck out yeah. of here. No, I'm totally with you. Man. Yeah, yeah, she's like, this is better last year or yeah, something like that. Like, fuck you. Get the get fuck out. out. God, yeah, that pretense that people put on that like I have to be polite because it's Christmas. No, you fucking no, don't. No, you don't. You do not. <laughs> I remember. Oh, man. Uh, I hadn't seen my grandmother in a while, and this is this is when I was starting to gain weight. Uh, and the first thing she said to me was, "You got fat," and I was like, "Fuck you, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Granny, yeah. you got old." That's what I said. I, I said, "Fuck you," <laughs> and then everybody kind of got quiet. My, na- my my nanny laughed. And then we hugged. <laughs> all right. Okay. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Those were being like, yeah, it was a dick thing. Yeah. To say. It was a dick thing. Got it. Got it. Yeah. That um, works out. Also in this movie, Seth Green and Justin Roiland and a guy named Breen, Breen Burns. They play Seth the Green? Gin- yeah. They play the gingerbread men voices. Bullshit. Yeah. One of those is Seth Green. One of those is Seth Green. You said that. And I was like, yeah. I was going through my head. I was like, who did I fucking forget yeah. he played in this movie? And, uh, He's one of the gingerbread men. Uh-huh. Who'd you say the other ones were? Um, Justin Roiland, who is the creator and most of the voices on Rick and Morty. Oh, no shit. Uh-huh. 
Uh, in fact, the kid has a, both a robot chicken and a Rick and Morty poster in his, his I noticed room. the robot uh-huh. chicken, dude. Yeah. Wow, that's funny. Uh, but the other guy, Breen Burns, I didn't recognize the name, but then I looked him up. Dr. Tran. No way. He's the guy who did the Dr. Tran stuff, and he's done a ton of stuff since then. What? Yeah. I forgot about Dr. Dr. Tran. Dr. Tran. Oh. Dr. Tran has a chat with a Mormon child. I need to watch that shit That's again. so funny. It's so good, man. So, Dude, so they just did voices of the little cute yeah, CGI and they're really just man. going. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's basically like like fucking Howie Mandel doing Gremlins. Yeah, like, yeah, that's true. Same shit. But he, that's the thing is they brought Howie Mandel in to do all the Gremlins basically. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, uh, they had some other people do some voices, but these three just came in to do. Me, 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 me. That <laughs> like, is so funny, yeah. man. Interesting. I, I had no clue. That I imagine they're all just friends. Because, like, yeah, uh, yeah, Todd totally. Casey, one of the writers, he writes on a bunch of cartoons. And, and Seth Green is in Seth all Green of that is shit. In all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so really strong cast here. I got to say, though, the cast itself, and this is, this is one of those things I would say is, is maybe something that was intentional, but at the same didn't make me like the movie more. Uh-huh. Characters not necessarily likable. No, none of them are very likable. You know, I not mean, it's even like, the protagonist, the kid. Right. The, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the Anthony. movie starts with him just like throwing in the towel and giving up on his dreams and stuff. Yeah. His uh, extended family, the redneck family, they're all fucking pieces of shit. Yep. They're all terrible. Yep. Uh, his older sister seems to support him and like be yeah. cool. She doesn't seem to be a problem at all and she's the first one of the family to get killed. Yeah. Which is great. I think they were subverting a horror trope yeah. there. Yeah, oh, absolutely so. And showing you what Krampus is. Krampus is not here to get um, like righteous justice. Right. He's there to punish. Well, ultimately though, you know, what you were saying earlier about like would have all the family gotten punished um, if Max hadn't ripped up his yeah. letter and thrown it away and stuff. Ultimately, he's Krampus is like killing his whole family and stuff to punish Max. Yeah. So it's like the fact that they were yeah, they, they were good all. and stuff, and his sister was a good person doesn't matter. She got killed to punish Max. Uh huh. It sets up it sets up the rules, sets up the expectations, lets you know what this is getting into, with with the idea then that if this girl's not safe, then the only people that are safe are probably the kids. Second person to get killed? A kid. Little kid. <laughs> Which then tells you, oh, nobody's going to probably This little fat safe. Thurman Merman kid, right? Yeah. That kid who doesn't even have speaking lines. Mm-hmm. Like, that kid wasn't an asshole. He, he didn't, didn't do even anything. talk. Yep. So it really lets you know right off the bat, like, nobody is safe. Nobody. But at, at the same time, like, you know, even even going back to, like, Home Alone and stuff like that, using that thing of this, this kid who is a fucking asshole... Wished his parents would have, you know, never been born and left him alone at the house and right. stuff. And then he gets punished in the form of these, you know, wet bandits coming to break into his house mm-hmm. and stuff. You still like the kid and care about him. Yeah. Like, Kevin McAllister is a fucking asshole. Yeah. But Macaulay Culkin... He's adorable. Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay, Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin. Culkin. Just has so much charisma uh-huh. as a kid where it's like you can't help but like him and root for him and stuff. Yeah. I didn't quite feel the same attachment with like yeah. Max and some of the characters. In I think this. they were going for that too. I think they didn't want you to feel too attached. Yeah. But then you do the the thing is that you still feel. I do feel bad for them when these things are happening because it's yeah. like it doesn't some matter. Of them deserve it. It doesn't matter like how much you disagree with a couple people if their kid gets killed. 
it's sad. Doesn't it? Like, like if the biggest Trump supporter in the world's kid died, I wouldn't be like, yeah, fuck you and fuck Trump. It'd be like, oh, that's devastating yeah, and that's sad. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. So like, it, it makes that actually feel more real and devastating because you don't like them, but you still feel that feeling. Towards okay, fair them. enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Now, I mean, obviously, if you're a sociopath, you can't empathize with people. You can't empathize with you anybody. You just watch yeah. this and everybody dies, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> <Cool>. that's great. <laughs> I think the only character in this movie that I really, really cared about was was Omi. Uh, yeah. She's who's the, the grandmother. Uh, who's from what, Austria? I, I Yeah, I think that's what they said was Austria. She's speaking German, and Austria is, is one of the places where it would have been. So Yeah, and her whole story about you know her as a kid... Krampus taking her family uh-huh. and stuff like that is told in that incredible sweet animation animated yeah. sequence, which is just out of nowhere yeah. in the middle of this movie. And I love that they took such a risk to do it that way, which, which again, them choosing to tell her story in the form of this, it look, I, I suspect it's probably CG, but it looks like stop motion, little velveteen fuzzy characters. Yeah, it does. Again, it's pulling at the heartstrings of Rudolph and mm-hmm. uh, the Year Without a Santa Claus yep. and all those classic stop motion things mm-hmm. that, again, are part of the... Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, yeah, the film tradition that is now part of everybody's Christmas traditions. Yeah. Movies are a part of the Christmas tradition. Oh, yeah. The, you, like, we wouldn't have much of anything in regards to Christmas without movies at this point. Totally. Yeah, our, our Christmases would be just be a boring meal and decorating. Like, yeah, yeah. It. But then this movie pulling that in, pulling in that stop motion animation thing there for that middle sequence, I thought was, I thought that was really, really fucking cool that they made that choice. And it is exquisitely well done. It looks so neat, man. And and again, like, I don't know, maybe it is stop motion uh, because so much of the other effects and things in this are practical. Um, But I love that in this, like, even whenever it shows like the little... Uh, the little girl and she's standing by the fire. Like yeah. the fire is like moving at like three frames per uh-huh. second, and it's like paper cutouts, yeah. like just moving erratically. It looks great to make it look more like stop motion uh-huh. if it wasn't actually stop motion. Yeah. I I love that sequence in the middle. I think they can do that with a lot of computer animation software where totally. it looks like, but so it's, it was probably animated, but it looks great. Yeah, we should then talk about who did the effects for this. Yeah, what a workshop. You now, might know about them from a Lord of a Ring. Uh, yeah, uh, from Meet the Feebles, Brain Dead, Lord of the Rings. They've been Peter Jackson's go-to, but of course they've also become famous. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, the, the Lord of the Rings stuff really put them on top of yeah. the game. They worked on Avatar, Mad Max: Fury Road, Jesus, Thor dude. Ragnarok. Some movies we'll cover in the future. I mean, Lord of the Rings we talked about. Thirty Days of Night we've covered. Oh, yeah, they did that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Van Helsing, we've talked about before. District 9. Frighteners. Tons like, of stuff. Just tons I mean, and tons of movies. Not necessarily all great movies. No, not necessarily all but great. great but effects. Great effects. Exactly. For sure, man. Yeah, that Weta Workshop knows what the fuck is up. And this is obviously post-Lord of the Rings. So yeah. this is when they were probably in a position where they could have turned down whatever they didn't want to fucking do. Yeah, so they, they did they this because they wanted to that's do That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, they didn't need Krampus no. money. I mean, you said this out of $15 million budget. Yeah. Like, the effects department alone couldn't have even made that much money off of it. No. You know that they just geeked out and were like, we'll get to make crazy... Christmas toys. Animatronic, yeah. yeah, toys and <laughs> yeah. puppets yeah. and animatronics it and this animated awesome. sequence. Yeah. Like, this sounds like an effects maker's dream yeah you know to get to do this stuff to get in a to modern be creative and 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 really like you know they probably only had a 
minor guidelines like we need an angel character we need yeah how would you make a tree topper angel look demonic exactly yeah. yeah I think they fucking killed it. Yeah, the, I think so too. It looks great. The little monsters and stuff are are like my favorite mm-hmm. part of the movie by far. Yeah. I think that they look fucking fantastic. And it's like you said, they, they knew how to shoot them and stuff mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Most of the shots are in the attic, mm-hmm. which is only lit by a small window. So we really don't see much of Yeah, it's anything. more shadow than yeah. light. But even when they're shown kind of brightly like the angel is, it still looks good because the premise is that it's not real real yeah yeah that it's a it was cre- a toy or a tree topper or whatever so even if it even if in those moments where you show it in full light it looks fake it's like well yeah i mean it's a toy it's a toy robot right yeah of course it looks like a toy robot well, that's kind of what we talked about with uh with chucky as well uh-huh. right like it had to be really fun making that, yeah. that animatronic and stuff because if you make it look like a cheap toy well you nailed it yeah it's not supposed to, like chucky's not supposed to look like a human child yeah it's supposed to look like a fucking doll that's uh-huh. walking around so yeah yeah in that in doing it that way you kind of have this certain conceit where it's like well i don't have to make this thing look realistic yeah yeah what's a what's a tree topper that's come to life really look like well it looks like a fucking tree topper topper. yeah but it's moving around and shit. exactly so you kind of got a lot of leeway a lot of yeah uh, totally like room for creativity i could see why you jump at this especially if you don't have to worry about money yeah Yeah. the uh the little cgi gingerbread men i think are the weak link yeah they they look are, are they even actually... They're not on set. That's definitely CG, for right? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They just have that, like, slightly too yeah. shiny, slightly too glossy, saturated look. Yeah, because when they show them. they show Howie actually grab it from the back, it doesn't have, like, the same sort of volume to Yeah, it. have that weight it, to it. It just looks like a, a graham cracker. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of the weak link, but honestly, pretty minor complaint. Yeah, it's not a big complaint to have because even... As it is CG, it doesn't look bad because they're, it's not a CG human or a CG thing that exists in the world. It's a CG gingerbread man that's running around. It's right. like, uh, even even though it sticks out a little, I think they could have maybe worked on the, like, blending it into the lighting a little better. It seems a little mm-hmm. too colorful. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah they're, like, too saturated yeah. looking. Like, real gingerbread doesn't look that no saturated it's a very plain brown yeah. kind of color but then know? that maybe is less entertaining i'm sure they they fucked around with it yeah <laughs> i doubt sure. somebody made it and was like eh, there you go well and honestly no too i mean <laughs> if if it wasn't juxtaposed against these really excellent practical yeah monsters it wouldn't even stand out movie, yeah it would probably yeah. Be like, yeah it's fine it looks like normal uh-huh. special effects but yeah. when it's up against things that look so great and yeah. so real and tangible yeah it's it it does Failed Makes him suffer yeah. a little bit. It doesn't look nearly as cool as that that teddy bear did. And even like later on towards the end of the movie, whenever you know Max meets up with Krampus and he's got his like he's got his sleigh with those crazy like demon elk and shit. Mm-hmm. That's CG and that looks pretty fucking dope. Yeah. That looks pretty good. It does. And then Santa opens or not Santa, Krampus opens up that big like hell pit of like molten lava oh. and stuff. Which, yeah. Which kind of goes back to some of that I think it's Oh, shit, man. I'm going to lose so much metal cred because of this. Because <laughs> over in, fuck, I want to say it's Finland. There is the place called Demu Borgir, uh-huh. like the band, yeah. 
which has been adopted into where Santa lives. Uh-huh. And it's like at the base of this like volcanic magma shit. Okay. That's where Santa lives over there. Of course. Yeah. Is I mean, we've talked about where Santa lives in Finland. It's also a mountain. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, in uh, rare exports. So, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. That's right. People people tend to attribute Santa with a pretty awesome-ass home. I mean, living on the North Pole is metal as fuck. Well, you'd want to be somewhere <laughs> somewhere warm, like near fucking magma. Yeah. If you lived in the middle of damn Iceland or Finland or wherever it is that the, that myth I'm talking about is from. That makes sense. So even yeah. him like opening up this portal to this hell magma stuff is that actually kind of Christmas cheeks. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> Not alcoholism. And two, sure. dude, man, like they're towards the end when the family is just getting slaughtered. Yeah. I mean, just, people are getting dropped into that magma. Silent Night. Woof. A very, like, mild rendition of Silent Night playing and, and as... S- as steeped in Christendom, as too. As children are being killed. Yeah. Yep. Whole families and children. Yeah. <laughs> it gets really bleak. Like, it's not necessarily all that brutal and gory. Uh-huh. I think I would have been okay if it was. Like, if, dude, if we had a little bit more, like, some fucking red snow. Yeah, that would have You know what cool. I mean? That would have been yeah. okay by me. Uh-huh. Is this R or is it PG-13? I believe it's R. Double check that. Yeah. Put put Fuzzbead on that Fuzzbead. one. Fuzzbead. Yeah, we need to get our, our assistant Fuzzbead in here and get him to check that out because I feel like it's PG-13. I don't feel like anything in this is, like, hard enough for it to be an R other than the fact that, you know... Little kids saying families getting killed at Christmas is pretty fucking bleak. But even without all that much like on screen gore and brutality, it is, and again, I'll just use that word again, surprisingly bleak. Yep, you're right. It's PG 13. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the hardest PG 13s. Yeah, it's a hard PG 13 for sure. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, like, they there really is like zero blood. I no. think I can't think of. I a think s- whenever the dad, whenever Howard gets like his leg bitten. Oh, we see some blood. Yeah, when they but look. But it's not at the explicit. Wound. I but mean, it's, it's yeah, like blood it's not. Jeans. It's not like squirting or anything. It's yeah. Just, huh. You're right. This is not this a lot is of screen violence. Not, yeah, you don't see a lot of bleak PG-13 movies. Well, especially at Christmas and with yeah, kids and, and whole families yeah. and and all that jazz. Yeah, this does get pretty huh. pretty fucking dark there towards the end, which I was I was stoked about. I was yeah. happy about. Yeah, I liked it. It's interesting too how like at the end of the movie they don't necessarily all say, Let's set aside our differences. We stick together because no. we're family and we love no, each that other. Never happens. That doesn't happen. No. They never touch on that. Nope. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to talk about something that uh, is going on in the family that I think is interesting. Okay. Okay, so we know that Allison Tolman and Dave Koechner, uh, Howard and whatever her name is, we know that they are conservative because they make a statement where they're like, well, uh, why do rich people get all this free stuff? And Allison Tolman says, I don't know, Democrats probably. Yeah. Just- Which is such an interesting truth where it's, it's just such like, a facebook truth yeah such a facebook truth where it's like you really think the democrats are the ones giving the rich people all this stuff now they <laughs> they do all the fucking time well yeah, but it, it's yeah the, all of them yeah it's not their sole <laughs> goal which yeah, seems to be that. the gop's entire goal um so but they they set up the idea that they're conservative and there's also the concept they they say like in the letter they never read it out loud, but it seems to say that 
the dad wishes the two girls were boys. That's actually said out loud yeah. at some point in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the, the two daughters that are, I guess they're twins, right? Or are they just They're about the same age. Yeah. Or, yeah, they might be twins because they, they, they look the same age to me, but all kids that age. They all kind of look yeah, the same. They all look the same, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there's this message about how the dad wanted to have boys instead, and they're very uh, tomboyish. And I think that I think that when that uh, the girl that reads that I think is named Stevie. There's Stevie and Jordan, and mm-hmm. I, I can't remember which is which, but I believe which again, Stevie just, is the one with the glasses. Those are just masculine names. Yeah. She says, "Shut up! Our dad doesn't wish we were were boys." And. I realized because like watching it the first few times is like oh they're in denial and then I realized watching it through this time it's like wait a second like what what she's saying is definitively no we make these choices to be these people mm-hmm. that's who we are okay yeah like it the dad doesn't have to force them into liking hunting they like it they're wrestling with each other the dad doesn't have to force them to wrestle they just do it. Mm-hmm. So there's this other thing going on where these these two sides of the family have completely misunderstood each other. Where I would assume the son has heard the parents talking about how they raise their kids. Because when do kids talk about how other people are raising their kids? Mm-hmm. So I assume the parents have had this conversation where it's like, and their daughters, they raise them like they're boys. They wish they were boys. And it, it turns out that these girls just are that way. They like these things. You can't force people to be a specific way just because you're their parent. When you do that, they do it unhappily. These girls are doing these things happily. That's Th- true. That is who they are. Hmm, yeah. So like, even in trying to be good in the letter the kid is working off of a lack of information like he notices that his parents aren't happy but he doesn't know what's going on and we never find out what's going on and in fact they have conversations throughout where it's like oh i bet they actually are happy they're just busy they don't get to do as much stuff together as they'd like to so the kid puts these together and thinks like from a, this or that. from a kid's perspective, like there are these things that are happening that show that my parents aren't happy together. You, Cause you don't have the perspective of, I have to go to work and I have to make meals and I have to do all these things. And when you go to sleep, I can hang out with my husband. So like, I think his letter is entirely misguided. Huh? It, it means well, it but means well, but it, it's not, it's not reflecting that. the truth. And you know, I would say for sure that Howard and his family suck and I wouldn't want to hang out with them. But I don't think they're putting on any sort of show. Even the, the girls. I don't think they're putting on a show for their dad yeah. to impress him. I think everybody is just who they are and the kid misunderstands from a kid's mentality. And I, I'm not sure what that means. Like I'm not sure what it means as far as the themes. I, and I think it's it's probably sh- trying to show a little bit of balance between this, yeah. the two sides, where it's like not all right wing people are dumb rednecks right. that wear camouflage to Christmas. Yeah. Not all left wingers are super informed, always right about everything, right, and live in these nice houses. Yeah, and they they make assumptions about the other side that are incorrect yeah. too. So there's a lot of assumption, a lot of assuming going on. 
I hadn't and, thought about that. And, and a lack of communication, as you said, they never do get together and say, let's do this. Yeah, like, put our differences aside. Yeah, they, they like, early on, we get Adam Scott and David Koechner, like, going out together. But even then, it's, like, begrudgingly, they're not, they're not like, friends or anything. Mm-hmm. Well, again, that's very National yeah. Lampoon's. And because of Adam Scott saving him, Dave Koechner has some respect for him after that. But then, even then, he he insists on like going out by himself, and like that's when we see like all the the snowmen outside. Which I would assume, coming from your theory, are all the people in the neighborhood. Uh, so they're being shown these corpses, but they're also being intimidated into staying in the house. But he he. He had already made a choice outside of the group's interests. This is near, probably near the third act of the movie. It's so far into the movie that we find out that he hasn't changed. Nobody's changed. Uh, this is not a growing experience. Isn't a learning experience. Is punishment. All of it. Yeah. There's no. There's no changing. Nobody becomes better. Nothing improves. Right. They're just being tortured. Well, which is a. Uh- Kind of going back to where this started, it's like that's just what Krampus did. He just punishes, just to punish. He, there's no, there's no message to it. There's no like, be good next year. It's just well, no, you you got punished because you were bad. Yeah. The end. I'd be really interested to see if this director continues that theme where he loves to apparently make movies that take place at holidays that have you know mm. people that are disregarding or disrespecting the traditions and yeah. suffering consequences. I'm like, imagine if he made a fucking you know, President's Day movie. <laughs> yeah, <let's, laughs> it's like hyper political and he shit. Doesn't get into that rut. That would be fun though. I yeah. think. Yeah, President's, President's Day. Day. <laughs> He's just the holiday movie guy. Yeah, Thanksgiving. Mm. Yeah, like he does an Easter movie. Now that could be way <laughs> fucked up. Way fucked up, man. <laughs> yeah, I like I like that idea. Actually. Yeah, yeah. If they ever made another Krampus, I would totally watch it. He kind of hinted at. Even even in some interview, he even hinted at the fact that, yeah, Krampus's face is never revealed as that's some kind of secret he's keeping for himself just in case they yeah. ever do make a sequel. If they ever did make another one, I would totally watch it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This, this is fun, man. It's a fun it's movie. It's a fun movie. It's not too long. It's like an hour 30. Yeah, yeah. It's really not bad. It's got some funny elements in there. Mm-hmm. It's got some great actors and actresses in it. Great practical special effects. Um, you know, again, it's like ultimately at the end of the day, I don't care about the people all that much. So yeah. when things are like going south, I'm not like, oh no, that fucking yeah. character died. They couldn't. It's just know. watching it play out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I can't really exactly say that I was very invested in right. the characters, but I was invested in the story and watching what happens next. Mm-hmm. You know, you got any final thoughts, critiques about this thing? Yeah, I th- I think. What you were just saying about the lack of connection to them is is true. I think it's intentional, so I can't say it's a negative, but yeah. it's also, it is kind of a negative because I don't feel too much for them. I don't feel very connected. Right. Uh, I mean, Clark Griswold's a fucking asshole, Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, you want to see him do well. Right. Whereas in this, everybody kind of sucks, and it, it just... And maybe they kind of deserve to be punished, right? Yeah, <laughs> they've well, lost the spirit. And maybe at the end of the day too, it's because the action really does start very fast. Oh it's yeah, like, it's real I think quick. within the first fifteen uh-huh. minutes, and we see the see we Krampus, see the creature, yeah. yeah, jumping from rooftop to rooftop. Look and at that, fucking awesome. That's ballsy as shit because they knew he was so intimidating, and there were actually so many layers 
to Krampus that they could show it immediately and there would still be more scary moments. Like seeing him on the roof, it's like, I think he's big. Then you see him next to the truck while she's under it and it's like, oh, he is very big. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then too, like the thing about it is, is because the marketing was all Krampus and the movie's called Krampus. Uh Uh-huh. And you see Krampus so yeah. early on in the movie that later on when it's actually like Krampus and his gang of elves and toys yeah. and all this other fucked up shit you weren't expecting, it makes that actually more surprising and better because yeah, you, you thought you've seen the big bad at that point, but, no. but you've not seen his buddies. Yeah, you've, you've just seen the guy in charge. You haven't seen all yeah. of his little torturers that he uses to fuck with families. Yeah. But maybe the fact that the action starts so early on, maybe we just didn't quite have enough time to like bond with those characters yeah i mean even the fact that like that opening montage of the movie with the black friday thing i love it but it is like probably five minutes of slow motion it's pretty slow could have been used to spend more time with these characters that we're supposed to be following i think yeah you could maybe they wanted it that way you could probably pump it up to add 10 minutes yeah totally and 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 give us enough characterization to care more because like specifically i would say adam scott and tony collette they they get their sort of side conversations and stuff, but those don't happen until the action is kind of kicked off. Exactly. It would be nice to at least be brought into what's going on with them. Like, are they having marital troubles or is the kid... Because it seems to me they're not. It seems that there's just some stress because of the holidays and the family coming over. Totally, yeah. But if they had established that they were, that might have helped me. Uh, feel more for them if they had established that they weren't, that they were specifically like a very loving couple. That would have given me more insight. Instead, yeah, there's not a lot of connection to them. I think it's intentional, but I think it's a bad choice. Maybe. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at, too. Yeah. It it seems like maybe they meant to, but maybe it would have been better if they didn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's that's a minor complaint, though, because honestly, the disconnect from them is is fine in the end because this is really about torturing people it's yeah. really just in the back the <laughs> well, aren't, end aren't like all these classic christmas tales yeah. i mean fucking all of them are. it's all about punishment and i i think this movie embraced that embraced the idea of punishment and it was like how would that play out what would that look like and then here it is uh so it it does that well even though i yeah i i'd kind of i'd kind of want I don't know. Do I want more exposition in this? Do I want something a little more? I think so, because like, if you really liked Max and his family, yeah. it would also make you dislike the asshole people right. more. more. Yeah, and then you can come to know them and like them. Yeah. Whereas if, if the family that we're supposed to like, we don't really care much about, and then this other family comes along and they're assholes, it's like, well, yeah, okay, I mean, yeah. so what? So are they, I don't really whatever. care. Yeah, I don't really care. But yeah, if we cared more about the family, then they would appear more assholish. And then the moments with like Allison Tolman and, and Tony Collette where they're kind of bonding, those would mean more. Totally yeah. agree. Totally agree. Huh. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's definitely a detriment. It could have, could have been improved. Other than that, I don't know. I, I kind of wish the dhl delivery guy wasn't there to yeah. give us more of a completely sequestered like isolated uh, yeah, yeah totally. fully like i i like the fact that the 
the snowplow is there and empty, which gives you an idea of like, oh no, like there's been a lot of shit going on. But the DHL guy showing up and then dying without us even seeing it, I think that could have just been cut. Probably. Yeah. Like you could have another reason for them to walk out on the porch and see this bag of gifts. So yeah, I, I think there are a few, just a few minor tweaks. But overall, this is a fun horror holiday movie. And I love watching horror movies around Christmas. So I'm probably going to give this a higher score than it might deserve. But for me, it's like an eight and a half. Yeah. Eight, eight and a half. I can dig that. Yeah. I can dig that. Yeah, it's one of those things that I automatically like this more because it has a place and a time yeah. and, a, and a look. And I know where it goes in the year. And yeah. I'll, I'll feel warmer and fuzzier about it because uh-huh. it takes place at Christmas. And I watch it at Christmas. Then I would if this was just like a family gets stuck in a blizzard in February. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that that automatically just the subject matter and time and place make it better than it would have been otherwise. Yeah. You know? True. I, I think that ultimately at the end of the day, my only my only really big complaints are wish I would have liked the main family more. Mm. Wish there would have been more blood and guts and gore. Right. If this got a little bit more brutal. Yeah. I mean, it really let you know that the stakes are are high yeah. and that all bets are off whenever, like we said, children are getting killed immediately yeah. for doing nothing. Uh-huh. That's pretty fucked up. It but is. I think if it would have kind of showed us also it's very brutal <sighs> and like miserable and shocking, that would have made me even more on edge. It, yeah, you know? it would have helped. Yeah. So I think other than that, I can't really complain about much. Um, I'm a little lower than you. I think I'm going to say this is like a solid, I'm going to say like a seven for okay. me. I think it's a seven. I'm fine with that. I'll, if I, you know, if Kate were to watch again next year, I'll be like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're right. The The connection with the holiday does give it... Uh, it does increase the likelihood that I'll watch it yeah. several more times. Totally, totally. Whereas there are other horror movies that I've liked more or equally that I'll probably not get around to watching again because there's just, go years in between times yeah you watch there's it, just yeah. not a particular reason to right but because it is the holiday it's like oh yeah watch some christmas horror totally well yeah. and that's the thing too is like considering there's not all that many christmas horror movies yeah there's a reason to watch it man yeah. i mean watching all this sappy hallmark stuff like i've been watching lately <laughs> you want to watch a christmas horror flick every now and then yeah. and this is a pretty damn good one to do it with so overall, a fun flick. I definitely recommend that you guys check it out and let us know your favorite Christmas horror movies and yeah. stuff over there on that Facebook group. I'd love and everything to too. find some more. I mean, I know I haven't watched Dial Code Santa yet, but I, I've seen, I think, basically, other than Anna and the Apocalypse, which I couldn't get all the way through, I've seen most yeah. every Christmas horror movie, and I, I always find it interesting. People really are creeped out by santa i mean santa never creeped me out but i was like, always terrified of santa the very concept of this guy who can easily get into your house yeah. and his magic yeah he's kind of creepy my parents had to tell me really early on like really or like I, I, I never remember believing in uh-huh. santa they had to tell me early on because i was so fucking freaked out uh-huh. about a stranger coming <laughs> into my house in the middle of the night. They, they had to be like okay the other kids at school don't tell them but this isn't real you know just to keep me from freaking out. Yeah. So, yeah, I understand really that. <laughs> yeah, so Christmas is a good place to put a scary movie, man. I can just imagine from the parent side being like, oh, this is going to be so fun. Let's Magical. go tell little Ben the story of Santa. Yeah, he's going to come down the it, chimney and, and give him presents. you see his face go, oh, oh my no. God. <laughs> he's going to come into my house? I don't what? know this fucking guy. Uh, okay, okay, we're making it up. We're making it up. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I had to be a little bit of a letdown. Yeah. <laughs> well, next week is going to be what is? It? Does this come out on Christmas? No, Day? this comes out the week before Christmas. Well, I mean, but the next oh, episode. Oh, the next one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow, man. Comes out on the twenty fifth of December. Damn. Okay, and we are winding up a very special super mega wild card <laughs> choice for you guys and we like to make these things long strong and, and sure to down get the friction to get the on friction on yeah <laughs> because you know christmas i have a good time it's fun it's always good seeing family and stuff like that but you know what christmas is a really fucking lonely miserable time for a lot of people out there so i want to keep you busters busy yeah and give you guys a slice of a mega dose podcast yeah. that i'm sure is going to be huge Ridiculous. and a, a ton of fun because or 45 minutes no we're 45 <laughs> minutes yeah one or the other because next week on the show we are dropping out lord of the rings fellowship of the ring on yeah. you guys uh, i'll be watching the extended edition oh, and referring obviously. to the extended edition but you know it's up to you Whatever you want to do. And I know we've gotten gotten some uh, comments and stuff from some of the listeners who absolutely hate Lord of the Rings. Oh, my God, dude. So, this episode's not going to be for y'all because I'm going to... Spoiler alert here. We fucking love Lord, I, I of love, love Lord of the Rings. We movies. love the Lord of the Rings. Oh, shit. We'll get to talk about uh, Weta Works again, too. Oh, yeah. That's this true. is weird. The last few episodes have all sort all of flown in. into one another. Yeah, yeah, all chained together. Crazy. Yeah, so next week is going to be a, a big one for you guys. And you know what? This coming out the week before Christmas, if you start the extended edition of Fellowship of the Ring right now. You'll be done with it. Yeah, you'll finish it just in time for the episode yeah. to come out. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so it's going to be a lot of fun. I look forward to covering that one. Uh, in the meantime, you guys be sure to follow us on all social media outlets. At Dead Lovely Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. Uh, it's facebook.com forward slash dead and lovely for the Facebook group. We also have uh, email at deadandlovelypod at gmail.com. But... You know where you really need to go? Uh, I don't know. Somewhere that I can maybe show my support for the show in the form of monetary That's goods? the one. Oh. Patreon. Patreon, it's called. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Go over there. Become a $5 donor patron, whatever it's called. That's what it is. Donor patron. <laughs> Become a $5 patron. And you will get to submit a movie for our random drawings each month. I'll tell you what. We did Krampus, Ravenous. Ravenous was a pick, yeah. Yeah, and what was the first we did this month? Yeah, we did a, We did another one there. What was it? Uh, I don't fucking remember, dude. I don't remember. Anyway, the last three episodes have all been Patreon suggestions. So we, we really take those seriously. If you, you want to become a $5 patron we will more than likely get to your movie totally pretty quickly. And if you say, well, I don't have a fiver, I have a three-er or a one-er. Hey, you can donate that too. Go on over there, donate that too. You donate as much as you want, honestly. If you if you want to give us 50 cents, I'll send you the PayPal link. Boom. I'll take 50 cents. Yeah, you're damn right. You'll be up in the club with that Hell 50 yeah. cents. 50 <laughs> cents, he's called. With 50 cents and I. 50 cents in the club. Mr. 50. <laughs> just call me dollar bill <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you guys be sure to check out that patreon if you want to say thanks for all the free podcasts and the lulls and all that other jazz you guys have been fantastic i hope everybody is having themselves simply a wonderful christmas time I hope you're simply having 
a wonderful Christmas time. Does that song make you mad? Apparently, a lot of people, uh, people fucking do hate, hate that it. Song. I don't like the song. It doesn't make I like me mad. It. I'm a fan. I like if it's on, it's fine with me. I don't even notice it. Yeah. But if I start listening to the lyrics, yeah. I'll seek that motherfucker out. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I'm like, Alexa, play Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time. And then my wife is like, my middle name is Alexandria. It's not Alexa. It's close. It's close. <laughs> and, and say, please, bitch. Bitch. Yeah. That's usually what happens around here. It happens. That sounds like cake. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, you guys, be sure to tune in next week. Have yourself a good old Christmas. Or don't if you don't want to celebrate Christmas. Don't hurt my feelings. That's true. Yeah. You can celebrate or not celebrate whatever the hell you want. Hell yeah. I don't care. I'm not Free celebrating country. Christmas because I love Jesus. Fuck no. I'm celebrating Christmas because I get presents. Yeah. It's the best. That's the best part. Yeah. Well, you guys have been fantastic. We've been dead and lovely, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. So I'm thinking about starting this YouTube guitar tutorial series. Mm-hmm. That's all about the essentials of like heavy metal rhythm guitar playing, like doing those big heavy chugging palm mutes and stuff. Yeah. But also lead guitar playing stuff, like how to like bend the strings and things like that, all right? Okay. Right? Right. I'm thinking about calling it chugging and tugging. Chugging and tugging. I think yeah. that's a good title, yeah. right? Uh-huh. I don't think anybody will like the old chug and tug. Misunderstand what it's about, yeah. do you? About to go up on stage, do some chugging and tugging. <laughs> chugging and tugging, kids. Hey, kids, it's your buddy, Uncle Ben. I'm going to tell you all about chugging and tugging. <laughs> I want him to teach my child guitar. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>